Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. You know, considering that the uh, whatever border there was is now gone, whatever restrictions are now gone, and that the, the barbarians are going to be flooding uh, you know, into the country. You know, it used to be the barbarians are at the gates. Well, we don't have any gates anymore. We have greeters. The, the Border Patrol has been turned into greeters. In fact, uh, I was talking about uh, that in one of my Facebook uh, uh, posts this morning. This morning is about uh, we're going to change the name of DHS, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, into the BCS, and that would be the Brandon Concierge Service. And so what's going to happen is that they, we're just flooding. The, the, the gates are, are, you know, everything's wide open. Come on in. It's like the price is right. Come on down. It's kind of like January 6th. Come on down. The gates, the doors are open. It's the same kind of thing. You know, they have an open door policy in the United States and uh, the Capitol building for their, for their own nefarious purposes. The reason they opened up the Capitol building was to have a distraction while they did the real coup underneath and, and arm twisted to make sure that the, the Trump electors were, uh, were not there, uh, that were not counted, that were not even uh, a part of this. And as uh, Trump said that, you know, Mike Pence absolutely had the power to do that. You know, in fact, he had the responsibility to do that. He had the, the constitutional duty to do that. And he didn't do it. Well, the lawyer said, I can't do it. Well, when do you listen to lawyers? <laughs> that's the dumbest thing. You know, if you listen to lawyers, you won't do anything. Uh, so that's uh, and of course those lawyers are paid by the deep state, and the deep state said, well, we don't want Trump, we want Brandon. So they made this this crap up about uh, you couldn't uh, you know challenge the uh, you couldn't send the uh, the legislators back to the states. Of course you can. The states are in charge of the electors. Of course you send them back. I mean, get real. Anyway, so I, I'm digressing a little bit, but it, it, it's it's basically the same thing. You know, so this is, a, as we all know, the whole purpose of this is to try and make these people citizens so they vote Democrat in Republican districts, water down the country, and keep the, uh, the deep state in power forever. And so everybody knows that, too. What I don't know is why the, uh, um, the government people, the, um, you know, the members of Congress, uh, the folks that are against this, right, you know, the news media uh, and the pundits and everybody else, all they're doing is complaining. Uh, there's not one single solution out there. This is the fascinating part about it. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, this is such a bad situation. Yeah, we know it's a bad situation, you stupid morons. <laughs> of course it's a bad situation. But that's not the problem. The problem is nobody's offering solutions. So I wrote this down right before the show. It's in, it's in live chat. Uh, if you're in the podcast, you can't see it. So I shall now, uh, I shall now recitate my – is that a word? Recite. <laughs> I'll tell you what I wrote. Uh, I said, as the hordes of barbarians are at the gates, which aren't gates anymore, <laughs> the flood of illegals and the flood of illegals multiplies exponentially. Uh, every other news service and pundit are there to watch and complain. Now, if you want solutions, you listen to Action Radio. Uh, and that's pretty much what I said as I got going here. But this is the truth. The only, the only uh, news service with solutions is us because we're the only news service that actually writes legislation. I know it's a new concept. Uh, it's so new. In fact, uh, most people are totally dismissive. Well, you haven't passed the bill yet. Really? <laughs> you know, I mean, Brandon hasn't even written one. <laughs> you know, at least we're miles ahead of that. You know, it says Congress doesn't even write the bills. We're, we're doing more than Congress because we actually write bills, good ones, uh, to counter the lobbyists that write terrible bills. So that's what we do here. Anyway, uh, there's a bunch of things that can be done. And I've got a little bit of time to talk about this because we've got uh, uh, Derek's off today, so we don't have a financial report. I can tell you what it is. It's bad. Uh, let me, in fact, let me give you the financial report. All right, the economy sucks. Uh, we're not drilling for energy. 
Um, we've got uh, the supply lines are okay, sort of, maybe. But the recession is the only thing keeping the, uh, um, the price of, of energy down. The recession's been going on pretty much since Brandon uh, because that COVID you know, spending started the recession. Uh, the Fed is insane. Uh, raising interest rates uh, while Congress is still spending money and raising the ceiling is standing on the accelerator and the brake of your car. It accomplishes nothing except spinning your wheels and causing eventual blowouts. Uh, you don't know when the blowout comes, you know, but when it does, you know, your, your, your tires explode. Same thing with the economy. You know, we don't know where the blowout is, but as soon as the, uh, we reach enough debt, the economy is going to explode like your tires. <laughs> so, oh, they, so there's the economic report. Uh, it sucks. It completely sucks. But it's all preventable. The, the way out of this economic crisis is very simple. Congress cuts all spending, I mean, by trillions of dollars, um, at least, uh, you know, to, to well, we, they only need to spend one trillion to actually comply with the Constitution. Everything else is fluff, right? Um, and so that, we, we actually maybe, uh, we, we proved that a long time, maybe one and a half trillion. Anyway, whatever it is, it's not that much money. And they take in five trillion, so you still got three, three, at least three trillion. Let's say they spend two trillion um, on on actual necessary things from the government. Three trillion is totally wasted. That three trillion could go to reduce the debt every year. Well, a thirty trillion debt debt's gone in ten years. Problem solved. But you actually don't have to do that. They can still spend five trillion as long as they don't borrow anything. So once the borrowing stops, the national debt uh, lowers itself and it'll be done in about thirty or forty years, which is okay. I can live with that. Once it starts coming down, that's that's what we need. It's the increase that's causing the problems because the increase causes more inflation. So what we have to do, very simply, constitutional amendment, ban borrowing. No more borrowing for Congress. Force them to live in their means. The balanced budget amendment is not going to work. And people are like, but Greg, what about the balanced budget amendment? Well, it has, uh, it has escape clauses. And escape clauses war, national emergency. You know, well, first thing they're going to do is declare a war and a national emergency. And there'll be no, uh, there'll be no uh, budget act. I mean, so that's it. Hey, Marco. Marco's uh, in the Netherlands, so he's joining us pretty quickly. So uh, I'm going to ask Marco a general question. So uh, as you watch uh, in Europe, uh, Marco, uh, the idiocy, the idiocracy, uh, the illegal government of Brandon uh, and all his compliant minions in both Democrat and Republican Party that are running around, you know, even if they agree with it, they're, they're, they're waving their hand. The, the ones that disagree with it, they're just like waving their hands. Oh, what can we do? What can we do? You know, we know what to do here. Uh, that's where I started the show. Um, but I'm just curious what, what Europe, you know, Europe is doing laughing at us. You know, but there are other countries. I think Sweden, they imported a, a Muslim horde. Uh, we're importing a, a worldwide horde. <laughs> you know, so we, we're importing barbarians that uh, don't love this country, don't care about this country. All they want, you know, they want a better life by taking it from you, the American people, you idiots. You've got to do something about this. So that's where I stand. So, Mark, I'll be curious what, uh, what the European press is reporting uh, on the, the current uh, American invasion um, by, of our own country from our own government. See, if a foreign government did this to us, sent in soldiers like that, uh, we'd be at war. But because our own government's doing it, and it's an illegal government, nobody seems to want to do anything. I don't understand this. <laughs> Marco says, uh, this is not really. He says, we have the same clowns over here. They're only waving a different flag. So this is why, and I'll tell us to Marco and tell us to everybody, this is why I started Action Radio, because this, the political system uh, is, so, is so rigged, is so corrupt, that the worst of the worst, you know, get in. And this is, the, the political parties control the elections. Um, they, they've done it for a long time. They control it by only putting forward morons. So your choice is between, you know, a slightly better or a slightly worse moron. But nonetheless, you're going to get a political hack that has no allegiance to the people and only to the party. This is why parties uh, shouldn't, people should not be allowed to belong to parties um, while they're running for office or while they're in office. Now, if you're, if you're outside and you're a free citizen, you can belong to any group you want. I don't care. 
But as far as uh, people serving in elective office, they should not, cannot belong to a party. All right. So the problem is that people are doing nothing. They're waving their hands and millions of illegal aliens are flooding into the country. So first thing you do, uh, let me get the title of the show here, sort of just to kick things off in my typical controversial way. The title of the show is How to Deport 50 Million Illegal Aliens Without Firing a Shot. But Greg, I only thought it was 11. Yeah, right. Well, so Brandon's bringing in, what, 15? <laughs> you know, there's only at least 35 left, and there's probably 35 million here already. So I figure when Trump says, when Trump says something really interesting, he's going to do an Eisenhower-type uh, immigration roundup, or illegal alien roundup. Okay, so you got to keep this in mind, too. Illegal aliens are not immigrants. This is not an immigration problem. This is a criminal problem. It's a criminal problem from a criminal government. It's a criminal problem from criminal uh, non-governmental organizations, uh, NGOs like Catholic Charities, um, Baptist Charities, Lutheran Charities, all the charities, all the church charities that are receiving billions of dollars to, to hide illegal aliens throughout the country. And that's what they do. So they need to have every single asset seized. They need to be disbanded. They need to be uh, totally gotten rid of uh, for what they're doing. Now, if they actually engage in charity, that's okay. I don't mind that. That's good. Charity's a good thing. But not for illegal aliens, because illegal aliens can't be here. So you can't give money, aid, comfort, anything to people that can't be here. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just logic. It's irrational to think otherwise. So that's the problem. And so this, the first thing we need to do is, is just go after everybody. Uh, I've, got a, um, I've got a general principle here that I'm going to be working on. Uh, and this is, this is the big plan. So the big plan is that the entire federal government becomes uh, ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. How are you going to do that? All right. So the federal government, let me see. So let's, 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 go, let's call this the big plan. I'm going to write this down here in my book. I have notes that are really kind of scattered because I'm going to have to organize this and actually do a Substack article on the big plan. And the big plan is how to get rid of the illegals, all right? So what I was thinking, and I wrote this on Facebook also, that uh, if every, every, you've heard the phrase, every town is a border town. Okay, well, if every town is a border town, then every cop is now a border agent. So what do I mean by that? The, um, and, of course, the federal government was screaming and yelled that only the federal government can have anything to do with immigration. That's not true. The Constitution doesn't say that. The Constitution says that the federal government shall have jurisdiction over uh, naturalization, uniform rules of naturalization. Well, what does that mean? That means that the states can't determine citizenship for the country by themselves. So there's a uniform standard. So everybody becomes a United States citizen. Uh, and then the, the 14th Amendment says that uh, citizens of the United States are also citizens of the state in which they reside. I've never seen a state have a state, a state citizenship requirement, but it's kind of interesting, but it could be done. Because if you're citizens of the state in which you reside, uh, then, uh, then the states could treat uh, non-citizens um, you know, differently. I mean, this is, so in other words, the, the states are fully empowered. States are fully empowered to, to remove, you know, non-state citizens from their state, right? I mean, the, the states haven't even thought of that yet. So this is one of the problems. The states don't do what they can do. So, 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 so I'm going to write down here state power. The other thing is the states have a national guard, okay? So the national guard could be deputized by the, uh, the governor of a state and, and turned into border agents. See, there's nothing magical about someone having, you know, uh, quote, immigrant status, all right? Uh, and then it comes into immigration, then it comes into the federal government, because these people aren't immigrants, all right? Anybody that comes into the country um, illegally, uh, and they're not asylum seekers either. In fact, uh, Mallorca said they were laborers, <laughs> you know, coming here for a better life. Well, better, you know, better, uh, coming here for a better life is, not a, is, is no reason to come to the United States. Because they're coming for, a bit, for coming for your better life. They're not coming for their better life. They want your better life. They want you to pay for them to have a better life with your life. 
your life, your work, your property, your money, your taxes, everything else like that. And so uh, every state becomes, uh, if every town is a border town, every cop is a border cop, every state is a border state, and every state can take action against non-citizens of their state. Now, of course, the states cannot prevent American citizens from going anywhere they want. They can't do that because you're both a citizen of the United States and of the state in which you reside. However, the states are fully empowered uh, to, remove citizens, to remove people from their state who have no right to be here or can't be here legally. Why not? States can do that because we're not dealing with, with immigrants. We're dealing with criminals. See, that's the difference. This is a big difference. So the biggest thing that, that we need to get straight here, these are not immigrants, so they don't fall under immigration law. If they were immigrants, they'd, be, uh, they'd apply. They'd go to uh, an embassy or consulate uh, in their country, and they'd fill out the paperwork to become an immigrant to the United States. Those are immigrants. Everybody else is a criminal. And so they say, oh, but they're asylum seekers. Okay, that's not true. Because if they're asylum seekers, they'd seek asylum you know, in the next country to where they live. The other thing they would do is they'd have a reason that has to be able to define what they're seeking asylum from. You can't just say you're an asylum seeker. Because asylum means that you're being persecuted individually for something you said, you believe, you did. And these people, the, these people can't prove that. You know, and I, I question them. I say, okay, what's, what's, your, uh, what, what, what's your cause? What's your political cause? What, how did you dissent from government policy? What did you do that caused the government to persecute you individually that you need asylum? Of course, this is not going to be an answer, right? Because they're just coming here to, to steal stuff. Most of the, of the illegals crossing are, are, are young men. You're going to come here, work, send money home. In fact, Mayorkas, who's the head of, uh, um, well, actually, Mayorkas is a psychopath. Let's, let's be blunt. The man can lie without a conscience. He can sit there and say the border is closed, you know, as 15 million illegals flood it. Oh, the border is closed. We're, we're maintaining security. You know, no, you're not. You're the concierge. You're the, you're the chief concierge for the, the Brandon Concierge Service to bring people in. So that's what's going on there. So let me get back to my, my border thing. So the whole idea of, all right, so, so there's no reason um, that local police can't check citizenship to determine if you're a criminal. Now, that's not immigration. Immigration law is handled by immigration. The, you know, uh, immigration is now under uh, Homeland Security. Immigration, customs, agriculture, uh, ICE, all those things are now under Homeland Security. But uh, like I said, because these people aren't immigrants, they're criminals, it's different. So immigration is done at the border, you know, uh, by people flying in, you know, boating in, you know, taking a ship, things like that. Um, that's, where, that's where immigration, and they check, you know, citizenship and things like that. But the big thing, too, is that, immigrate, that your citizenship is not private information. It's public. When you, the, and you know that because you have a passport. Well, you know, your passport is shown to any government official of any other country who requests it. I've seen hotel people in Europe request your passport because they write down your number and send it to the police so they track you. That was back in the 80s when I was touring Europe. And they said, well, can we, we're going to keep your passport overnight. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, uh, well, we, we need to, to you know, make sure you pay your bill. I said, okay, I'll pay it now. So I did. I paid all my bills. You know, uh, so I'll pay it now. I'll pay for it tonight now. And then I'll just check out tomorrow and I'll keep my passport. Thank you. I go, oh, okay. Can we write down the number? Sure. It's a public number. You know, I mean, government, food, I don't care. <laughs> you know, you want to write down my passport number? Great. I mean, the State Department knows my number. So you can talk to them if there's a problem. Anyway, um, but that's the thing. And so it is public information. I got a lot of information. I might be a little scattered this morning as I try and present all this because there's a ton of information. So the federal government's going to argue, or the, excuse me, the illegal federal government's going to argue that only they can do anything with immigration. And my counter argument is that illegal aliens have nothing to do with immigration because they're not immigrants. 
They're certainly not migrants. The de- definition of a migrant is someone that comes in here with permission to work, do a job, and then goes home. Migrants never stay. So if they're defining these people as migrants, there must be a point at which they're going to leave. Well, that's not the point because they're, they're lying. They're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. And illegal aliens are criminals. And, of course, what they should do is, is check everybody on the way out and register the name and, and never allow them back in. So if you came here as an illegal alien, you are barred from the country. You cannot come back. Ever. Tourist, you name it. Sorry. Why would you let somebody back in the country who entered it illegally? How much work does it take to enter a country illegally? You have to violate the, you have to, you know, cross the border illegally, stay in the country illegally. Every minute you're in, a, in this country illegally, you're a criminal. You're making a conscious decision every single minute to stay in the country illegally. Well, I, at least I would do it by day because we, we can't, you know, we're not going to charge people by the minute. <laughs> but the point is that, you know, every day illegal aliens make a decision to stay here illegally. Well, that's another crime. So if illegal aliens been here 10 years, that's 3,600 violations. No, 365. Uh, 3,650 violations um, of, our, of our law that you can't be here illegally. 350. How many days in a, how many days in a year? 356. How many days in a year? 100, what? 380, 360. 360 days in a year. I'm sorry, I'm losing it today. <laughs> it's Friday. I'm a little, little, little bit off. So 360, that'd be 3,600. 3, uh, violations of, of our laws. Well, that, that's a serial crime <laughs> in the thousands. Anyway, so, so, if the, so you start with the local police. Local police, uh, if they suspect somebody of not being a citizen, they should be able to check. Uh, the DMVs could do that too. Recent, let's, let's go over some of the state stuff. Here's what states can do, right? So local police can check. Now, what the states really need to do is put citizenship right on the driver's license. Right, I've, got a bill, I'm gonna go over, I've got bills for all of this stuff. Uh, the Citizen ID Declaration Act. So the states should be putting citizenship on their IDs to prove that they checked it. Now, California will just put U.S. citizen on every ID, whether they're citizens or not. So then what, uh, what the Fed, you know, what the Trump administration needs to do is just completely defund California. Say, okay, you're going you're gonna to be a, a wayward state. You're going to be a rebel state. You know, you're going to violate all our law and violate all the principles that we hold true and violate all the, uh, uh, the rights of American citizens in your state. Great. We're going to cut off your funding, all of it. Pretty simple. Easy to do. You know, I mean, the, all, all the states voted to uh, raise the drinking age to 21 for, for even losing 10% of their highway funds. <laughs> so you cut off all the funding to California for the federal government? If the Trump administration does that? Oh, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens, especially with their reparations. I'll take that up another day. <laughs> anyway, so back to the states. So what can the states do? You know, so they can do that. So uh, the other thing is, uh, especially the county sheriffs, we need to coordinate the county sheriffs. So local police and the county sheriffs need to have a computer tie-in to um, homeland, uh, homeland Security. So they should be able to tie in Homeland Security and be able to run somebody's uh, either driver's license or if they don't have any ID, fingerprint or something, into a computer and find out if they're in the country legally or not. And if they're not in the country legally, the first thing you do is you seize their car. And then you transport them to the nearest uh, you know, uh, federal office of any kind and say, here, this is your problem. You know, or you call up uh, um, the now newly improved ICE. So we're going to put the whole federal government, or most of it, into uh, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And that would be 287,000 armed bureaucrats and another five, you know, probably a quarter to half a million uh, support folks. We're going to detail most of the government uh, until this problem is solved. And that's how you do it. Nothing else is more important than getting rid of all the illegal aliens, all 50 million of them. 15 million from Brandon and 35 million already here. Pretty simple stuff. So this is what the states can do. 
Again, the states can use the National Guard. Again, the National Guard would tie in with the, uh, um, with, uh, the immigration computers, with Homeland Security computers to determine citizenship. They could also tie in the State Department. Uh, I should put that in there too. State Department passports. That'd be another thing to check. So, so we can put law enforcement. So law enforcement slash national. Uh, law enforcement slash national guard. Let's go DHS, DHS, and State Department. State Department. Sports. Passports. Citizenship check. So law enforcement, you're pulled over for law enforcement. In fact, any government action, any government, well, I'll get to that when I get to the citizenship ID bill. But basically, any, any interaction with government should have a citizenship check. And the easiest way is to put citizenship on the driver's license, uh, as long as that state's actually checking citizenship. Otherwise, it wouldn't be valid. But National Guard could help the local police. And just uh, basically, you want to scare the hell out of the illegal aliens so they leave. And the way you do that is you threaten to seize all their stuff, and then you start seizing it. You know, if every check of every interaction with government involves a citizenship check, then that'll, that'll make, you know, we want to make it impossible for them to live here because you, you can't round up and search everybody. But so, but you have to, you know, let me see, but you have to be able to, um, you have to be able to, uh, you know, check citizenship and that's going to be a huge objection. I was thinking of something else too. I was thinking of, I got to find out where to put this in my notes here. Again, we're a little bit scattered this morning. Uh, let's, let's put, uh, where should I put this? Um, let me put the states, where's the federal government actions? I'm a little bit, uh, okay, let me put this up here. So I'm doing this. I'm also going to be writing an article later. This is why I'm a little scattered this morning. So let's put another one here. Um, illegal alien census. Illegal alien census. So part of detailing the entire federal government over to uh, Department of Homeland Security until this illegal, a, illegal alien problem is solved um, is to do things like this. So the illegal alien census, it's an entire national census. I mean, count everybody, knock on everybody's door nationwide. Uh, and we could detail National Guard and local police to do this. But you need an illegal alien census to actually count the illegal aliens, find out who they are, where they are, uh, so that you can take their stuff more easily. And the easiest way to do that is to go by the ITIN, ITIN number. A little note here, ITIN. So the ITIN is the Individual Tax Identification Number. I've talked about this before. That's the number that Bill Clinton you know, started uh, giving illegal aliens a, a number so they could pay taxes and hopefully buy their way into staying here. And as I've explained many times, illegal aliens can't pay taxes because you pay taxes for, for uh, you know, to, to fund uh, necessary government services. Well, since illegal aliens can't have any government services except, you know, deportation, uh, they can't pay taxes. But you can use the ITIN number because I, I would say the vast majority, if not all, people with an ITIN number are illegal aliens. It makes it easy to uh, do civil asset forfeiture. So that's the most important thing. A couple things to do. Again, uh, illegal aliens are criminals. They have nothing, nothing to do with immigration. And the other thing is that illegal aliens have no constitutional rights. I've said this a million times before, too. And the reason for that is because you cannot have rights in a place you're not allowed to be in. All right. So I got Pianca in the line. I'll get to him in just a little bit here. I want to get some of this program. Uh, so the federal government. If we're going to detail most of the federal government to Homeland Security, again, that's 287,000 armed bureaucratic infantry agents because it's an army with a million guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. So let's use them for what they're supposed to be used for, to get rid of all the illegals across the country. Well, if you have that many armed agents, the, 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 the Brandon insurrection, the Marxists want to use against Americans, we just turn them on illegal aliens. Now they're actually doing something useful and legal. 
All right. So you figure out 287,000 armed agents and 250,000 to half a million support staff. So now you're talking. Now you've now you got a lot of people. All right. So this would include uh, – so what I would do is take uh, the IRS, the Department of Justice, uh, and some other folks, some of the intelligence agencies, and detail them all to Homeland Security. So what does detail mean? All right. This is something Jonathan Mosley taught me. And Jonathan says that you, if you're working for the federal government, you can be detailed to another uh, department or agency of the federal government if they need you. So what Trump needs to do, I'm going to write this all down. I have a, a Trump uh, contact that I want to uh, send this all to, plus the show. Um, but what you want to do is detail the whole government as much as possible over to uh, um, Homeland Security for the purpose of removing illegal aliens. Okay. So I thought that I was looking at the, um, the current list of cabinet secretaries to see which departments don't we need for a while. <laughs> we don't need as much at all. Well, jeez. First time I've done that, I knocked my headset off. Um, we don't need these agencies at all. Um, but at least let's ter- until we can properly get rid of them uh, with budgets uh, and legal action uh, in Congress, we can just shift them all over. So Department of Education, we do not need the Department of Education forever, but at least for until all the illegals are gone. So everybody in the Department of Education gets detailed over to uh, Homeland Security, and they would be the support staff. All right. EPA states every state has an EPA. We don't need a federal EPA. So you get rid of them on that basis alone, but everybody in the EPA goes over to Homeland Security. Uh, agriculture. Well, every state has a Department of Agriculture, and quite frankly, the farmers would be better off without it. And if we take the agricultural price subsidies uh, and use that to fund the departure of illegal aliens, um, then we don't need the Department of Agriculture probably at all. But at least detail all those people over there and take their budget. And so the other thing is you take their budgets over there too. So the education budget, the EPA's budget, Department of Agriculture's budget, they would all be sent over to uh, Homeland Security for the purpose of removing illegal aliens. Housing and urban development, well, states uh, can do that themselves. Uh, cities can do that themselves. Counties can do that themselves. There's no reason for uh, a HUD, <laughs> so we get rid of them. Uh, and they get detailed over. Their money gets detailed over. Uh, Small Business Association Administration, excuse me. Why is the federal government inter- interfering in the market at all? Um, so what I want to do is, um, is basically get rid of that, but I have another act I'll be working on. The big one is the Free Market Act. And the Free Market Act is going to get rid of all subsidies, price supports, corporate welfare. Uh, it's going to get rid of all bailouts, make bailouts illegal. Uh, and it's going to make illegal any uh, tipping of the scales within an industry. In other words, electric cars over organic cars. So that's going to be huge. All right. So we get rid of Health and Human Services. We can knock them over to uh, uh, Homeland Security, too. That would be especially the FDA, the CDC, and the NIH, uh, the folks that combined with Big Pharma and Big Tech to kill a million Americans um, with the, the remdesivir ventilator death march and denying early treatments. So we can send them over because they're not doing anything useful anyway. Got to end all foreign war spending. So that means Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, State Department. Don't need the State Department except for the embassies and the consulates. I, I will keep those. But as far as all the communists in the State Department, you know, who are investigating, making policy and screwing things up, we'll put them all in Homeland Security. CIA, any domestic operations, Homeland Security. Department of the Interior. Well, once you, we could give all the land uh, the federal government should uh, not give back, but the states should take back all the federal land. Once the states take back the, t- the federal land, there's no reason for the Department of the Interior. So that budget and those people then go over to Homeland Security. Uh, see if I left anybody out. Department of Energy. Well, the energy runs the nuclear plants. So we, we'll leave the energy for the nuclear plants, but all the solar folks, all the wind folks, you know, all the folks that are doing stupid things, regulating all that crap, send them over to Homeland Security. Uh, Commerce Department. Uh, Commerce Department is going to run the illegal alien census. So they're going to be part of Homeland Security, too, all those people and their budget. Uh, the only ones I would keep would be the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office the, or the Trademark and Patent Office, the USTPO, to protect 
you know, intellectual property and physical, you know, property inventions and the Federal Trade Commission because uh, those are good people. Uh, I actually did a lot of work with the Federal Trade Commission during my congressional, uh, my internship in Washington, D.C. So next, take rid of all, get rid of all foreign aid, end it, send it over to Homeland Security, get us out of NATO, get us out of the U.N., cut those budgets, send all that money over to Homeland Security to get rid of illegals, any international organization we're part of, you know, and our foreign military bases you know, in places we don't need, which is most of them. Why do we have a foreign military base in Europe? Europe's responsible for themselves. So all those foreign bases and places we don't need to be, <laughs> okay, um, cancel all COVID spending. You've got to cancel all COVID spending um, because, first of all, it ended in July of 2020. Everything after that was inflationary and stupid and useless and dangerous. So take that out. Take out all the uh, spending for non-government organizations and illegals. Uh, you know, cut funding. Federal government, Trump administration needs to cut any funding to sanctuary cities, counties, and states. Um, and then, of course, asset forfeiture. And this is the big one. And I've got Pianchi. And Pianchi, if you want to go over any, you know, all these parts, we've got – Derek's not here, so we've got a lot of time uh, before Candace gets here. Uh, but she may be early, so we'll see how it goes. Here's the big one. This is the big one. Are you ready? We have to asset forfeit every bank, every corporation. I don't care how big they are, GM. And you can give them you know, a couple of weeks of warning to fire all their illegals. They know who they are, right? Or maybe 30 days. But you need to asset forfeiture from the smallest to the biggest business, from the restaurant that hires the illegal to General Motors if they're hiring illegals. Anybody in this country, any entity, any church, any charity, any group, anybody that is employing illegals or giving aid and comfort to illegals needs to be seized. All their assets and property need to be seized. That would stop this. Okay. Now, I know I'm asking a lot. All right. But you, look at, you can look at particular industries, agriculture, construction, food processing, restaurants, everything like that. Seize them. I'll go over my bills in a little bit. I want to talk to Pianchi first. But uh, these are the things that need to be done. These are the things that can be done. And we'll get into birthright citizenship and all that stuff as well. But uh, those are the big ones. And if we detail the federal government over um, to Homeland Security, if we take everybody from a uh, local police officer all the way up to National Guard, and detail them over to Homeland Security. We take all the federal bureaucrat, armed bureaucrats, uh, and support bureaucrats, detail all of them over to Homeland Security. We can solve this problem. We can get rid of 50 million illegal aliens, and we don't even have to fire a shot. Why? Because we're not going to round these people up. We're just going to take all their stuff. Asset forfeiture is the way to go. You know, and we can, do, we can just uh, see stuff, take stuff, make it impossible for them to work, take away the businesses, take away the property, take away everything. And it could all be done by computer. Let's bring up Pianchi. Anyway, that's my solution. And it would work, too. Good morning, Pianchi. Hello, Mr. Pingles. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm having a great time. I'm, just, I'm pontificating wildly. But uh, we're the only place in the country offering a solution to the illegal alien problem. Everybody else is complaining, you know, waving their hands. Oh, no. You know, the, the Brandon insurrection is, is not serious about controlling the border. And I'm just laughing at that. They've been saying this for, for two years. I said, of course they're not. They, they canceled the border on purpose so they could bring in Democrat, they could bring in illegal aliens and try and make them uh, citizens with amnesty and make them Democrat voters. Everybody knows that. So, the, so asking the Brandon insurrection you know, to, uh, to control the border and stop the border crisis is like asking Al Capone to stop selling alcohol. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's absurd on his face. The whole reason he's in business was to sell alcohol illegally. The whole reason the Brandon insurrection well, is in business is to bring illegals illegally. Go ahead. 
on the other issues you was speaking on, uh, uh-huh. the art for, uh, forfeiture, asset forfeiture, and so on. Uh-huh. Americans, you have a large contingent of Americans that would just think that would be awful to do. Okay. And they have been conditioned into that line of thinking for quite some time. I mean, it's it's a reality. Uh, uh-huh. I made mention of a program last night that you need to, and people just was quiet and say, Really? But you're right. Can I go on that program? You gotta have, uh, can, huh? can, you, can I join you on that program sometime? That's uh, on uh, Laurie B's on it. Oh, it's Laurie's show? Yeah, or it was Laurie on it? It was Laurie's show? She's on there. There's some more. Uh, so I'm listening to you. They, you know, there was just a, it wasn't, it, it was just a comment that we made. You know, Why I were they objecting to this kind of what, uh, What's the difference between taking um, it's not, asset forfeiting a, it's a not criminal? Godlike. What's that? It's not godlike. You know, godlike. the Bible say that's not the true. Bible and Proverbs. The Bible in Proverbs twenty-five and twenty-eight say, "A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls." So even the Bible speaks of the protection that we need to be imposing on our borders, but uh, people don't like to go there for it. And you know, they look at these uh, immigrants as being uh, helpless. I guess, and you're right. Okay, they're, uh, right, they're not immigrants. They're stop. not immigrants. They're not immigrants, and they're not helpless. Well, you know, if they, they can go to all this trouble, why can't they build up their own country? These people who go through some pretty extraordinary means to get here illegally, mm-hmm. all that energy and creativity, why don't they just use it in their own country? Well, you because know, here's the country. thing, Greg. If you're, if you're running from persecution, and in particular Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, why don't uh-huh. you go to Belize? It's right next door. Yeah, go down to uh, go down to <laughs> you know, Belize. Go yeah, down to I like hey, Belize. go to go to Panama. But see, this is required though. If you're actually under political persecution, you're required to go to the next country. You can't just go any country you want to. Yeah, you know, that makes you right. the, that makes you a tourist or an immigrant, but it doesn't make you an asylum seeker. If you're an asylum, if you're see this, this is why I talked about this earlier in the show. If you're actually after asylum, you should be able to define what you're seeking asylum from. So they're not asking that, right? So what? So what individual political persecution is an asylum seeker seeking asylum from? You know, asylum is is for folks like you know Jews from Nazi Germany, uh, or from. Uh, uh, Cambodia, uh, Pol Pot, the killing fields. Those people needed asylum. Uh, people that escaped from Castro's Cuba, you know, where they would otherwise be lined up against a wall and shot. Those are the people that need political asylum. These people, these people are just welfare bums. <laughs> They're, they want to come here for our better life. They don't, want, they don't want to make their own better life in their own country. And, of course, the example is El Salvador. This is why I bring it up with Josie all the time. El Salvador is becoming a prosperous country because their president believes in freedom. So the answer to illegal you know, aliens is freedom in their own countries. And we should actually work with those countries to bring about freedom, not to make it American style. I mean, you do it with the country that's doing it. But in other words, if you can work with the people and show them that freedom brings prosperity you know, and work to get rid of the corruption by defunding the corrupt governments. See, this is part of the problem is we fund these corrupt governments. So you need to end all foreign aid. Just end it. But these people, so, so I want to get back to the question you mentioned earlier, because it's a really important point. That is, 
that people think that they're, they're, they're the guilt. Oh, they just want a better life. They're, they're, they're human beings. Okay, I'm not arguing that. I know they want a better life. Uh, I, I'm arguing the, the purpose, though. They, they can't have a better life at my expense. Okay? And I'm not arguing they're not human beings. And I'm not arguing they're not people. And I'm not arguing that people don't have rights. What I'm arguing is that they don't have rights here. <laughs> See, that's the difference. I'm not saying they're not human beings. They don't have rights. Right? But they don't have rights here. Because the Constitution says we, the people of the United States of America. So the only people who have full rights in this country are the people of the United States of America. In other words, citizens. What's so, so, so where's the argument? He must be on hold. Well, somebody has always that argument. Uh-huh. Okay, no but it's, it's not a valid argument. But it's not valid. Huh? It's not valid to argue that people should come here because they, do, they want a better life. That's not a valid argument. Well, that's what Barbara, Sh- Barbara Jordan said uh, years ago. Congressperson yeah. from uh, the state of Texas. Matter of fact, she's mm-hmm. Democratic, black female. Mm-hmm. Said that I know she is. The immigration is a privilege. It's not a right. See, if it was a right, it wouldn't be right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pammy. Go ahead. You, you first. Why come your news don't never make mention of this? They that's don't make question. mention of that. Yeah, I that's what a problem is. The people make their opinions and their gestures based on the information that they receive. And the most mm-hmm. convenient way to receive information is to sit down in your comfort chair at 6 o'clock and watch the news. The news mm-hmm. don't say anything about that these people seeking asylum and refuge should go to the adjacent country. No, they mm-hmm. want to talk about the awful things that Donald Trump is doing to keep from coming through on the southern border. They don't mm-hmm. talk about how much need it given to these countries by the United States to alleviate the problems that they claim they're fleeing from. They don't talk mm-hmm. about that. That's what mm-hmm. I say. The news media in the United States is an organization that's systemic racist and just terrible. They are systemic racist. Well, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say racist so much, but they're anti-American. They're anti-citizen. You know, they're anti, what I, I, you know, I, my new term is mag, magaphobe. In other words, people that are afraid of America being great. Um, so anybody says, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. I said, well, you're a megaphobe. <laughs> you know, totally change, totally diffuse the well, conversation. Well, they are racist. Just look how okay. they use their adjectives or don't use their adjectives. They're racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the usual argument is. organization, they got, Go they got numerous departments. They got numerous department heads. There's hosts and commentators, and they are selective in how they use their adjectives, therefore making them systemic racist. Mm, that's true. Yeah, they, they accuse, uh, they say that white people are afraid of black and brown people coming into the country. Because they leave Asians out of it conveniently, because they get discriminated against by affirmative action, just like white people do. Um, but it would be interesting if, if uh, people believe in proportional representation in work and everything else, I would say to the left, okay, so let's have proportional representation crossing the border. So 80% of the people should be white. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Wait a minute. We're, we're keeping the proportions. We're keeping this proportional. What's the proportion of white people in this country? Do you know? Black's about 13. It would be twice as much without abortion. Um, I'm guessing everybody else is, Hispanic is probably about 30%. So white people are about 60% of the country now maybe? Well, they're about 57 to 60, somewhere around there. Let's just say but the black, uh, Native black Americans is not that much because they're starting to group others based on skin color into that group, too. 
Well, but the point is, um, if 60% of the country is white, then shouldn't 60% of the uh, people entering the border be white for proportional uh, representation? <laughs> that, that's, that's well, black males, black males uh-huh. who make up uh, what, 4% of the U.S. population, they're the uh-huh. face on much of your homicidal and rape as reported by white women. Yeah, what's the proportion of, of how much how much crime do of of the crimes? And the FBI has stats on this, but they would say how you know black males between say I don't know because things are bad now uh, between fifteen and twenty five. Uh, what percentage of the crimes are committed by that group? You know, does anybody know? It's, it, I know it's most of them of the violent crimes, and most crimes are committed by the same few people over and over again because they keep getting letting out. You know, so that the actual number of criminals isn't that high. But the criminals that are bad keep doing it. You know, people are committing crimes by the hundreds. Black males between the ages of 15 and 24, their murder rate per 100,000 is 207. Between 25 and 34, it's 120. Mm -hmm. For those two years, you're looking at 326 per 100,000. For the same period, you look at white males, it's only 15.9 per 100,000. Wow. wow. So basically 16. Black women, black women for that same period is 29, is 30.2 per 100,000. It's mm-hmm. double that of white males. Interesting. But I don't see black women as and murdering, but uh, there's a lot of black women in the looting videos. <laughs> you look at the looting videos, that's, that's where, uh, you know, anyway. Hmm? Whose problem is that to correct? Well, it's all of ours. Is that white? Uh, is that Asian's yes. problem? Uh-huh. Is that Nigerian-Americans' problem to correct? Yep. Nope, it's not. It's black problem to correct. Okay. If Look at the ages. When you're talking about yeah. Twenty five, even at even at fifteen to twenty four, the murder rate is eight point three per hundred thousand. I'm sorry, it's four point nine per hundred thousand. Of what? That's uh, in, in white males is two tenths of a percent per hundred thousand. So that's that's their population has to address that problem themselves. They got the they have the resources. You got black governors, you got black lieutenant governors, you got black attorney generals of states, you got black mayors, you got black police chiefs, you got black city city councils, you got black superintendents of schools, principals, and teachers. They got the resources to address that problem. See, I don't, I don't think of of crime committed by young black men as purely a, a, a black issue for black people to deal with. I think we all have to deal with it. Uh, and there are ways to do that because I, I want to be in that fight too uh, in terms of getting rid of the, the social welfare that allows single mothers, you know, to, to dismiss fathers. You know, we need the fathers back. You know, all the things that happen. I think I see it more of a societal thing than an individual. That, that'd be like, uh, should, I mean, should white people handle all the, the white collar crime? Just an example. Because more white guys commit more white collar crime. Embezzlement, securities fraud, you know, things like that. So does that, does well, that make you me may, responsible for that? They have, because they are more numerous in the population, 
But blacks uh-huh. do those same crimes disproportionate to their numbers in the uh-huh. population, male and female, and surely yeah. male. That's not yours. I tell you what, you think you can solve those problems or you want to sit down? Good luck. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I actually want to kind of hold off on those things because I think we need to spend an entire show, uh, several shows probably, on the black crime problem. Uh, but what I want to do today Look is at the police. Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, hold what on. happens I really to the police when they go into those communities to okay, address so the crime? So how many illegal... And when George Floyd, when George Floyd got killed, uh, right. there on Chicago and the can't think of the other cross street, uh-huh. a dispatcher would tell the caller that you got to meet the police five blocks down from where you are. They are not coming up there. So I would like to see Greg Finglis go up into those areas and try to discuss, <laughs> look, this is what you need to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, by, by saying I'm, I'm going to be responsible to help fix the problem does not mean I have to subject myself to a dangerous black neighborhood as a white person. <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally different issue. But I'll tell you what, I want to get back to the, whole, the main issue, which is illegal aliens, of, of dealing with this problem of the floodgates being wide open. Now, here's a question for you. How many illegal aliens are in black neighborhoods now that you bring up the, the, the black crime issue? If these people say they are, they are running from a persecution, and oppression. They sure ain't moving one of them neighborhoods. <laughs> so could we could we enlist the gangs? Let's think of this: black gangs as illegal alien. I don't know what because I want to empower these people because they're you know they're most likely engaged in criminal activity. But I'm just trying to think. So it's interesting that so, so illegals aren't in black neighborhoods. That's interesting, or at least not poor black neighborhoods. Huh? Well, they ain't okay. crazy. Isn't that interesting? Actually, that's, a, that's my contention, too. So these people, they're, they're intentionally doing what they're doing. So now, if you know anything, the little I know about crime prosecution, one of the, one of the key factors is intent. You know, it, it's like the difference between a crime of passion, where in a sudden jealous rage, you, you kill your spouse partner or something like that, or, or your spouse's partner's partner, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, that's different than if you premeditated and actually planned it out. So premeditation and intent is very important in criminal law. So we're talking about people that are, are, are willfully coming to the country to take our better life, but they're not, taking, they're not going to the poor black neighborhoods, they're probably not going to the poor Hispanic neighborhoods, they're probably not going to poor neighborhoods at all. They're asking the Brandon insurrection to transport them to good places, except Martha's Vineyard. They will move around Hispanic if they do that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Now, here's something that I, that I just learned about, that their entire neighborhoods of illegal aliens springing up, especially in Texas. And they're trying to create no-go zones there, like, uh, like little Mogadishu up in uh, Minnesota. And what I would say is, okay, great. And we're going to just civil asset forfeiture that entire community. You know, anybody that we can determine is illegal, which wouldn't be hard if it's a community of illegals. <laughs> you know, and that's where the, uh, the census, the illegal alien census is going to come in. So even if we get Trump no announces – <clears throat> what, What's that? There's no goal. The zones in Chicago, you got a little village, which is Latino. Uh-huh. Uh, blacks tried to go over that area during the rise a couple of years ago, and Latinos uh, beat the hell out of them. Uh, disabled one car and set it on fire. Huh, wow. So, uh, That's like uh, little Korea in Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots. You know, the Koreans were there with SKSs, and, you know, AK-47s, like, you're not coming here. <laughs> Good. 
you know, yeah, those, uh, those Koreans deserve reparations from that group that burned the house, the stores down, right? Makes sense. So let's talk about let's talk about because you're talking about the crime area of the crime things. Now, if we if we enlisted the state national guards, if we had every cop be a border patrol agent, if citizenship was determined at every action in government. You know, we could do we could create a situation. To, my whole goal is to make it impossible for illegal aliens to live here. But why can't let's talk about I want to talk about states because you and I are big on states issues. So the states, as I mentioned this earlier, but I want to get your comment on it, that under the 14th Amendment, if you're a citizen of the United States, you're a citizen of the state in which you reside, which means the states have citizenship powers of American citizens, you know, not to not to tell American citizens what to do and they can and can't go, you know, state to state or anything like that. But what the states can do is, is control their borders for non-citizens, particularly illegal aliens. Well, they can't control – I'm not talking about permanent residents. So citizens and permanent residents can go anywhere they want. But if you're an illegal alien in a state, the state can use the state national guard to get rid of you. you know, well, because the they, have, they have borders. But they can. I will listen to a representative, and he made mention about losing WIC payments from the federal government. That's no excuse. You know what, what WIC payments worried about are, about, Say that again? WIC payments. I know what it is, women and uh, infants and children. I know what it stands for. Yeah. So here's the thing, Greg. Mm-hmm. It's a contender. They don't want people to be able to maintain and support themselves. Now, I have to admit, that when Mexicans and Hispanics come here, they do create industries and jobs for their own. And they, I mean, they are not trying to lavish on these programs. But these politicians, especially Democrats, Mm -hmm. if you look at, see, look at the schools. Schools are terrible. Schools are not turning out people that can come out and be able to hold their own. So, therefore, at some point in time, when you got cultural issues going on in your community and these families, you're going to start creating dependencies on things like WIC. And they don't want no, to I get off that. of it because they vote yeah, for you just, you, need, you just need to, you know, yeah, you need to end the program. Uh, if, it, if it's a program that's determined it's, it's for Democrat dependency, that's the first thing you want to end. Now, here's the thing, too. Uh, like I was saying earlier, a lot of government agencies and budgets can be detailed over to uh, Homeland Security to take care of this stuff. And so the, the welfare budget should immediately go to Homeland Security. Uh, the, the National Guard should go to Homeland, well, within a state, should be used for, for uh, you know, in trying to get rid of the illegals. The illegal alien census from the, the Commerce Department would be a huge thing. So we need to take these things. Uh, and the excuse that, well, we're going to lose welfare money, that's not an excuse. You know, the, the federal government, you know, the Trump administration, when it comes in, is going to have to take some huge action uh, in terms of cutting the states back on me if they have illegal aliens and they're, they have sanctuary cities and things like that. But there's no reason why we can't well, detail the these people could over. Well, stop that themselves. Yes, they could. you talking about uh, seizing illegal assets. Well, mm-hmm. why do the states give the federal government that money anyway? Keep it yourself That's... and use it in the correct way. Well, they I should mean, do you that give now. the federal government money. Yep. And they threaten not to give it back to you in programs if you don't do as they say. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you have any problem with uh, a state using the National Guard to remove illegals from their state? Well, 
the state's not going to call up the National Guard to do that. Like I said before. It'd okay, be no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not saying what they will right. do. I'm saying is there a problem? Is there a legal problem with a state with a state calling up their National Guard to get rid of illegals? Well, that would take the governor. Well, exactly. It can't be Laurie Lightfoot. What she's like, Laurie Lightfoot said the other day. She's gonna call the National Guard to address the problem that they're having in Chicago uh, with their overburden of sanctuary citizens. But that would be the governor. Right. So if the governor, is there any? So there's no restriction on a governor calling up the National Guard to remove illegal aliens. Well, the governor of Illinois, Pritchett, sure ain't going to do it. Okay, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, saying, is there a problem legally for a governor who has who has, has the jurisdiction of uh, American citizens? No, and if they identify it as being a problem, no, it's not. Okay, that's what I'm asking. All right, so this is the whole point. See, what I want to, I want to change the thinking of people. So people are thinking, well, we, it's, it's hard to do this. We can't do this. You know, That's not my question. My question is, is, is it legal to do? Is it, uh, is it legal for police to check citizenship when they're checking your ID, local police? They do it in other countries. Yeah, of course it's legal. Now, have, have police been banned from doing that in cities and counties across the country? Yes, they have. But is it, so the yeah, question is, is there any reason, because police can investigate who you are, and in the course of that investigation, it should be, citizenship should be included. Here's another one too, the DMV, another idea I had. So the DMV, you know, as they're registering all the driver's licenses, um, they should be able to connect to the Federal Department of Homeland Security and see if anybody is on a list of asylum seekers or illegals or things like that or has failed to appear for an uh, 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 immigration hearing or any, for any reason that they're illegal, overstayed their visas, doesn't matter what it is. But DMV should be able to tie in, and they should not be granting licenses. Now, some states are going to ignore this. I know that. Some states are not going to comply. But there's no reason why the Department of Motor Vehicles cannot tie into uh, federal uh, illegal alien computers or other state computers if they're like a state network. Well, so insurance companies shouldn't be selling insurance to illegals, right? Well, they shouldn't. Now, they're just trying to make a profit. So there's so, – all right, let's, let's get into the Citizenship Act. Now we need to get into, into some of the acts that I've done here. So let's get into the Citizenship ID Act. This is one of the most powerful um, of my bills. And so this, we've, talked about civil, we've talked about civil asset forfeiture until we're blue in the face. Citizenship ID Act, February 1st, 2018, by me. The national security, national economy, voter integrity, and citizen safety are all dependent on making it impossible for illegal aliens to live here. To accomplish this objective, all of those events listed below in this act will require proof of American citizenship, proof of registered alien status, or proof of temporary current visa status in order to participate. The goal is massive illegal alien self-deportation due to life in America as an illegal alien being impossible because illegal aliens will be unable to participate in the events below in the list of activities. I'll get to the list in a minute. If it's impossible to stay because you can't do anything here, if you're an illegal alien, your only choice is to leave. No rounding up, no massive law enforcement expense, and no daily life disruptions for those who can participate. So this is the thing. And I wrote this in 2018. This is, this is the beginning of the Trump administration. Well, second year of the Trump administration. And it's, it's more relevant now than ever. Then I said individuals are already required to present government photo ID for a huge range of activities, all of which are verified by government, law enforcement, and lawfully by private individuals and business when you present your ID for something you want or have to do. 
being carded for alcohol, for example, right? All that is required for compliance with this act is for individuals to present the same basic government ID, usually the driver's license, that people present every day for many of these same events and other events already. The citizenry won't be impacted at all. The people aren't changing anything in their normal course of affairs. What will change are the IDs themselves. Both state driver's licenses with photo and state identification card with photo will have on them in large, bold red type the block letter printed declaration, U.S. citizen or registered alien. The only other declaration on driver's ID would be, you know, the visa with the, ex- with the uh, expiration date. Okay, I got some details here I don't want to go into. What I really want to go into at this point is the list of activities. So if citizen is checked for the following activities and those activities are denied people who are not citizens or can't prove their citizenship, it's going to be impossible to live here. So a Citizen ID Declaration Act list of activities, and this would be in order to participate in any way in the events listed below or as required by any of the events listed below, everyone shall present their driver's license or state ID card with photograph with proper declarations per this act of citizenship, registered alien, or current visa status for any of the following. And that would be on your driver's license, ideally, by the state. Will states comply? Some will, some won't. Doesn't matter. The states that uh, won't comply are going to have a whole lot of illegal aliens because all the illegal aliens are going to move to the states that aren't complying. Sooner or later, they'll comply. So right now, the current one, to vote in any form or register to vote, you have to prove your citizenship. To register a car with the DMV, you have to prove your citizenship here in Florida. To rent a car, to open and maintain a bank account, to get and keep a credit card, to get a commercial or private bank loan or mortgage, you should have to prove your citizenship for all of these events. To open an investment account, to enroll a child or adult in any elementary school, high school, college, graduate program, vocational school, or any academic or trade school, prove citizenship. To own or rent property. During all routine traffic stops by law enforcement, citizenship is checked. During any law enforcement proceeding, provide proof that can be brought in a reasonable time to the police station. Okay, so if you don't have your citizenship ID, okay, you get uh, like a fix-it ticket, right? To serve in the military. To work in any capacity for any government or private sector job. That's EVERA. To get a business license to open a business. To be certified to, to operate a truck, bus, boat, or airplane. Prove your citizenship. They already do that now with flight students, right? To purchase a firearm, but such check shall not register the firearm or owner. I mean, I have a bill for that, too. To pay taxes, receive a tax refund, or to be issued an ITIN number, you have to prove your citizenship. To start, that's which is the difference from the whole, the whole part of the ITIN, is to give it to illegal aliens, right? And then another one, to start a new phone contract. To send money. Here's the big one. To send money in any form, example, wire transfers outside the country. To receive money in any form from any foreign country, you have to prove your citizenship. To receive any form of public assistance but not limited to food stamps, Section 8 housing, welfare, WIC, what Pianchi mentioned, any cash awards, government job training, or any other grant or subsidy. That's supposed to be that now, but it's not. We need to change that. To receive any public health assistance, a.k.a. Obamacare. To purchase health and car insurance. To serve on a jury to receive any publicly funded health care except emergency care, and to receive Social Security, Medicare, or any other service, entitlement, or retirement plan. Now, if we check citizenship for all those activities that I just mentioned in the Citizenship ID Declaration Act, we put citizenship in the driver's license, and we check it for all those activities, and you're denied the ability to do that if you're not a citizen, that would make living here impossible if you're not a citizen or if you're not legally in the country. Piaki? I know he's there somewhere. This is where I wonder if I'm on the air. 
Okay, good. So that's the point. So the point is, and when I say citizenship check, it's not just American citizens. It also includes legal permanent residents and those temporarily here on visas. But if you're on a visa on your driver's license, it would say the visa that you're on and the expiration date. So if you're pulled over by law enforcement and they look at your driver's license, they go, oh, uh, you're a couple of weeks outside your, uh, your visa. You should have been gone by now. We're uh, keeping your car until you leave. Then we'll give it back to you. We'll give you the value of it back, but we're seizing your car. That's how you handle it. Asset forfeiture. No rounding up. You don't break through the doors. You don't scare the kids with guns. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You just put a, put a lien on the property and take it. <laughs> you know, so anybody, so if you look at this list, look how comprehensive this list is. I'm going to see if I can highlight a couple of them here. Get approved citizenship for all the following activities. So open a bank account, get a credit card, uh, business, any interaction with the government, you know, firearms especially, uh, public assistance, any of these things, mortgages, loans, banks, rented car, register, you know, get a driver's license, vote. If all those things, they do really strong, you know, checks of your citizenship or your uh, green card status or, or um, visa, that would go a long way because without money and without a job and without being able to educate your kids and without all these other things, you can't function. Well, they uh, receive mm-hmm. billions of dollars in aid that's paid for by taxpayers. I don't so that would see be... how the United States stay afloat. You know, really, to tell you the truth. Well, we're not. If you stop trillion born, like you talk yeah. about, they would think. Yeah. There's no way well, you can stay afloat. Yeah, speaking of afloat, I've got another idea. It's going to take a while to kind of figure out. But uh, I want to do a full government audit. And it'll probably be two or three departments at a time. So they basically get shut down for a few months while the audit's going on. Um, and then the, uh, I probably do that after we get rid of the illegals. So the illegals is the immediate problem. And do you know what the savings would be? I mean, you know what the tax rate would be if all the illegals were gone? Do you know how open the schools would be, the roads, you know, our country, how many jobs would be available for Americans? I mean, this would be unparalleled prosperity. You know, basically the, the Democrats and the Republicans that have caused this problem. So the, the greatest enemy of the United States is the Democrat Party. The second greatest enemy is the Republican Party. They're both useless. They provide useless candidates. They control all the issues. They control all the, the committees and the, and the um, majority seats, and they control you know, the houses of, of Congress and all the state legislatures. They control school boards. They control um, city councils and, and uh, county commissions. These two parties control everything. So the, we'll talk about getting rid of them, too. That's another issue. I'm going to take a break for a couple minutes. Uh, Candace might join us early. Not sure when, but it's 8.02, 8.02 here, central time. I'll make that a two. There we go. So I'm take a little break now. Uh, I'm going to come back to a couple more bills and anything else you want to talk about. And then Candace should be here. I don't know. She might be here early. Might not. I'm going to check my messages in just a bit here. But uh, I'll be right back in just a little bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. 
The complete guide to flight instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Greatcare, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. 
You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Yeah, this is one of those shows for that, too. So uh, while the rest of the country is screaming and yelling and complaining and waving their arms around and not wanting a solution because the Democrats want illegal voters and the Republicans want illegal labor, you know, and the two parties are the most dangerous entities in the country today, this is where we are. And so uh, the fact that the news media... Go ahead. Isn't Byron Donalds from Florida, mm-hmm. Congressman? Mm-hmm. Why come you don't receive more press? Uh, here you got a oh, black he's congressman, conservative. a black conservative. Yeah, yeah. same reason Larry Elder is a white and, supremacist. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know the answer. Well, yeah, he should receive more press. He's got a beautiful white female wife. Why come he doesn't receive more press? Is she blonde? I'm, yeah, I'm just curious. Is she, is she like a, that uh, yeah. conservatives need to cater for. You need yeah. more of this type of uh, viewpoint. Well, he was on CNN. he was on CNN. Of course, I don't watch CNN, so I had to see it on One American News. But he was on CNN, and apparently he blasted him. <laughs> he made him look really stupid. So Brian Donalds is, is definitely a rising star in the Republican Party. I expect big things from him um, because he's, he's, he's one of us. He's, the, uh, he's a freedom fighter. He, I'm sure he'd be in the House. For, he, I'm sure he's in the House Freedom Caucus. I'm not sure, but I, I, would, I would be willing to bet that he's in, in the House Freedom Caucus. Uh, and so he, he, I, he's up there with uh, some of the other folks like Devin Nunez. He should never have left Congress. What an idiot. Um, Jordan, you know, Matt Gates, some of the other folks that really fight for freedom. Uh, MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nancy Mace, uh, Lauren Boebert. And so there's some, some really good folks in Congress, and he's one of them. Um, be, I'd like to get him on the show sometime. I, you know, obviously he's in demand right now. He's busy, but uh, you never know. Uh, Greg Stubbe is another one who will be a pretty good person to have on the show. But, yeah, the people who fight for freedom, um, there's just not enough of them. You know, you've got too many uh, rhinos, or as I call them, transgender Democrats in the um, – I mean, I've started using that because I've sort of changed my perception of transgender as, as of late. Um, but um, You got Alan West. Is, Alan West, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's running – well, he's – I was thinking more federal, like Congress. I think Alan West is running uh, – is he running for governor still? Oh, I'm not sure what happened. I think he lost, though. Did he lose the most recent election for governor? Because what's his name still there? The the liberal white guy. Well, he you know, ain't going to. Yeah. Well, see, now there's some of the talks about. I thought Alan West yeah. was down in Florida. I think Texas. I mean, we can look it up. It wouldn't be hard to find out. But anyway, um, but the point is that. I think Colonel West is in Florida. I'm not sure. Yeah, but the governor of Texas, uh, Abbott, Greg Abbott, uh, should be getting his National Guard. He should have. He said, okay, well, I don't care what the federal government says. You know, you can come in the United States, but you can't come into Texas. That's what he should do. And also, obviously that would cause a crisis for the Brandon insurrection, but they're an illegal government. So Greg Abbott would be right to do that. He could use his National Guard throughout. He could deputize. Uh, be interesting. Well, here's something that Trump could do, too. 
Trump could, uh, with the cooperation of the county sheriffs, you know, coordinate a program whereby the county sheriffs had access to all the immigration information at uh, Homeland Security, all the passport information in the State Department, so they could actually check citizenship of literally everybody they pull over. And so you put the National Guard out there for the, uh, the, the illegal alien communities. You put the, the police out there, every interaction. You know, any business license, any health inspection has to have proof of citizenship. You know, E-Verify is actually verified. You know, so a lot of things that can be done. So this is not – what bothers me about what Trump's doing is he's talking about, you know, an Eisenhower-style roundup. Well, he's not thinking, you know, three-dimensionally, and that's unusual for Trump. Trump usually is much more comprehensive than that. So my approach is comprehensive. You make it impossible for illegal aliens to be here. You employ the National Guard. You make every cop a border uh, patrol agent. Uh, and you take most of the federal government and you move it over to Homeland Security, uh, especially all the armed agents. So you got, you two, if you have 287,000 armed bureaucrats and 87,000 are IRS, right, plus the National Guards, plus the local police, plus the state police, you've got a pretty large force of people. And you got a lot of people. And then you detail all the yeah, other the agency IRS people. Is not the only that? people that's according to the Constitution supposed to handle immigrants is is the uh, federal government. But that's Abbott not true. does have Bob Warren and, and no, that's not true, Pianchi. it's not true. The only thing the federal government has jurisdiction over by the Constitution is uniform rules of naturalization. There's nothing that says illegal. Nothing that says immigration. That they're the only ones that can deal with. It. And besides, illegal aliens are not immigrants. So they don't fall under immigration. This is the point I keep making over and over. People don't get this. This is why they use the term illegal, uh, the, the illegal immigrant. Okay, there's no such thing as an illegal immigrant because immigrants, by definition, have come here legally. That's what makes them an immigrant. Well, well, so there well, are no illegal immigrants. Well, there are only well, illegal aliens. It is the federal government because for a person to come into the country in order to be legal, they have to get documentation from the Secretary of State. That's the federal government. Are you talking about American citizens or what? The local police officer cannot ask a person if they, sure they are legally here immigrant or not. They tried sure that in Arizona. Look what happened. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. You're confusing what the, the Supreme they Court do does illegally. Hold them and call. The only thing they can do is hold them and call for someone with that department to come check them out. That's not true. I'll tell you why. The, the local police and the county sheriffs uh, and the state police still have civil asset forfeiture. What's the difference between, you know, seizing the property of an illegal alien and seizing the property of a drug dealer? There's no difference. Well, Unless the drug dealer is American, they get two process. Let's think this through real good. Let's think this okay. through real good. All right. Let's Here you are, and I stop you, and I ask you, are you legal immigrants? Uh-huh. And you say, yes. So how do I go about checking it? Well, like my I said, department all, have, states... my department does not have well, first place, of course, it says that I have no jurisdiction over that. But well, even if they hadn't, I have no, I have no way to prove that. Sure you do. There's a lot of ways to prove it. See, this is what, remember what I said earlier? Law enforcement would be tied into State Department passport records and Homeland Security immigration records. But they Greg. You're saying – well, wait a minute. Hang on. You're saying if they were, but they uh-huh. are not tied in. That would be no, but that's part, but that would be part of the program. Yeah, that would be part of the program. They have to be tied in. You know, like my daughter tell me, woulda, coulda, woulda, coulda, and woulda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but see, well, wait a minute. But the but law enforcement's tied into the FBI for fingerprints. So why can't they be tied into Homeland Security for uh, illegal alien status? So the precedent's there. So it's not illegal to do it. We just have to set up the program. 
Wouldn't be that tough, actually. Well, the FBI doesn't. The FBI doesn't have anything to do with the illegal. It's that other agency, NCIS. Well, they can. No, but they can. There you go again. You keep thinking this is an immigration issue. This is not an immigration issue. These people aren't immigrants, and this is the this is yeah. the key difference. So until until it becomes you know very clear to everybody, and to stop using or stop this is why the 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 left does this. They confuse you by saying this is an immigrant problem. This has nothing to do with immigration. Immigrants go to embassies and consulates, fill out papers, apply to come into the country, and if they're accepted, they come in legally. That's an immigrant. They're not criminals. They're law-abiding, you know, people of their citizens of their country, hopefully to become law-abiding citizens of our country. That's an immigrant. We're not talking about immigration. So to say that the federal government is the only one that can have anything to do with immigration, that's not true. The only thing they have is, is, is uniform rules of naturalization. But all but police powers are especially delegated to states and local governments and local law enforcement. This is a police power. This is not an immigration issue. This is a police issue. This is a criminal issue. Because if you're in the country illegally, you're a criminal. So they fall under criminal law. They don't fall under immigration law. These aren't immigrants. That's the difference. You got a non-U.S. Non citizen that's in the country illegal. When I go to uh -huh. another country, I have a visa that has uh -huh. a time period on it. Uh -huh. That's legal. If I'm in that country with an expired visa, I got problems. Well, same thing here, except you don't have problems. They, they let, but that, I would include that as once, once your visa expires, if you're still in the country, you're an illegal alien. Because we don't give visas to American citizens. <laughs> so the only people who can get visas are foreign nationals. So if a foreign national is in the country past, they're uh, like uh, Kamala Harris's parents. You know, one didn't have a visa and the other and one I was, had, uh, had an expired visa. One time in Togo. I uh -huh. had to have okay. me one time in Togo, West Africa. Yeah. The immigrant, the visa place didn't open until Monday. I'm Friday, and my visa expired. I camped mm -hmm. out in front of the place because I didn't want to get caught by the police with an expired visa. And exactly. up in a gulag, I'll probably still be in there. Oh, listen, remember, I, I got out of is, Germany. All these things would be nice. <laughs> uh -huh. All these things would be nice. I don't know if Congress would turn over the power that it has to a local police authority, but it would wait, be wait, nice wait, wait, Congress like no, 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 Congress doesn't have to turn over any power. They don't have to. All you have to do is connect the, the uh, and wait a minute, if they were already connected now, did Congress make a law that said that the police could connect to the FBI computers? I don't think so. I think they just did it. Well, yeah, that requires money. Congress had to put a budget in well, for it to happen. Okay, so money, yeah, so it requires money, yes, then it has to be an act of Congress. Yes, you're absolutely right there. But if it doesn't, but I don't know. I mean, this is why I say this is where uh, they would have to wrestle this out in the Trump administration. But here's the thing, too. Once somebody with fails a firearm and, license, with a uh -huh. federal firearm license, E, go uh -huh. through the check, all that's covered in their license that they have to pay for. Yeah, did you hear what the judge that just said that? And we're going to talk about this another day too. Uh, maybe maybe later on this hour. I want to make sure I get all my immigration stuff and uh, illegal alien stuff. And they are two separate issues. I almost did it myself. <laughs> but there's a judge that said that uh, uh, states cannot prevent uh, 18 year olds to 20 year olds from buying handguns. That was really cool. That's a good use of the Constitution. And what the what, he, what the judge did was cited the Second Amendment. That's and that's not judicial review. That's actually using the Constitution properly. 
So they I didn't make up stuff. Right. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't interpret anything. They didn't make up stuff. They didn't change the meaning of anything. They used the Constitution as intended to be used. And so the 18 to 20 year olds cannot be discriminated against because they're adults. You can't have it uh, wait to 21 to buy a handgun because that's discrimination that's illegal, that violates the Second Amendment. That was a good ruling. I'll talk about that later. Let's get back to some other stuff here. So if we, so just to make this clear, because I know this is a, this is a tough concept. Um, for a lot of people, because it's new. And I, I always think about these things way ahead of time. I forget there's, a, there's like a lag time. So say somebody comes in um, and they're in the country and they get an immigration hearing, right? So they, they enter illegally. They, they, they have an immigration hearing to, to, for their status, for asylum, for refugee, for something like that. Okay. During that time, during that time that they are waiting for their hearing, okay, now they're an immigration issue. However, if they fail to appear at their hearing, they then become a criminal and they cease being an immigrant and they become an illegal alien. And there's a lot of them around. Exactly. So another Matter thing that fact, law enforcement... They shouldn't, be here. they shouldn't be here waiting for a hearing. Mm-hmm. They should be notified right. that the hearing is a week before their notification, after their notification, and then they should be receive something that allow them to come mm-hmm. in to go to the court for the hearing. Exactly. Yeah. That's what the state better, yet, better yet, have a hearing on Zoom. You don't have to come <laughs> in. Or, or go to the embassy or go to the consulate. Do your hearing there. That'd be fine. That's what Absolutely. embassies Absolutely. Go to for. the U.S. embassy or the consulate and uh-huh. have a hearing there outside yeah. the country. That way you can't be having babies in the country and claiming statehood. Well, that's not legal either. I, we've, done, we've done shows on that, that just because somebody's born in the United States does not make them a citizen. In fact, the 14th Amendment specifically prohibits that. I'll get to that in a little bit, too. Let me go over an act here real quick. Well, let's do that one now. Uh, no, let's do this one. American Self-Preservation Immigration Act of 2018. So this is one that I wrote. The American Self-Preservation Act of 2018, this is about doing what I said, making it impossible for illegal aliens to live here. One, catch and release is revoked. No alien will be released except to another country unless they are a permanent resident, which is what you're saying. You know, your immigration hearing, you don't get the country until your immigration hearing. But because there's so many people here, if they fail to appear, you're an illegal alien. But it should be done outside the country. Stay in Mexico. Second, asylum is suspended until such time as a new definition can be created to describe and encompass only those specific individuals who have been singled out for persecution by their government for specific documented actions of dissent, disobedience to unlawful law, civil disobedience for documented political or religious purposes, documented persecution by the government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are people who are, they can get asylum. But but uh, until then, now. Next one, no immigration judge shall be allowed to hear any further cases until every person who has failed to appear before that judge has been found and returned for their proper hearing. See, I might change that now. See, this is how I wrote this in 2018. Now I would say they've been declared illegal and they have to go back to their own country, uh, their home country, and then reapply. Uh, so I might have to change that one. Uh, here's another one. No detainee shall be admitted to the United States until such time and space as a detention center is available. Uh, people without borders or any other group seeking to organize, facilitate, aid, and abet across any U.S. border, instruct uh, on U.S. law or for the purpose of gaining asylum, refugee, or other status, can't do that either. <laughs> so in other words, the, the people without borders, the, the lawyers that line up at the border to get people in here, yeah, I guess that, that should be illegal also. The airport rule shall apply to all U.S. land borders. Just because an airplane lands from an international destination on U.S. soil does not mean the passengers have been admitted to the United States. No one is admitted from an airport until they, are, they and their baggage have been inspected. 
So the airport rules should apply to the borders too. Uh, chain migration is, is the last one. Number eight, chain migration is abolished. No family relations residing in the United States, legally, illegal, illegally, as in DACA or other made-up category, shall be grounds to remain in the United States. So that, one's, that one needs a little bit of work. That one's kind of old, but it's still, I think, uh, uh, fairly valid. Let's get rid of the anchor. Let's do the anchor baby one because that's a big one too. Any comments on that? Basically, Trump puts back the policies he had before. Pretty much take care of that bill. When I get a visa to go to another country, especially mm-hmm. in Africa, Mm-hmm. They want to see your airline ticket there and your airline ticket to leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, here, here's the question I've asked before, because when, when the question comes up, do you know, illegal aliens have rights in this country because the Supreme Court said so? And I say that's BS. That's an illegal action by the Supreme Court. But I'll give you the same example. So an illegal alien from Mexico is in the United States. They've been here for a while and, you know, they're successful. They made a bunch of illegal money. Uh, and they go to uh, Egypt on business. And an American citizen goes to Egypt on business. All right? Now, they both get in trouble with the Egyptian law. Where does the American citizen go for help? They go to the embassy. Exactly. Which embassy? They go to their own embassy. They go to the American embassy. So the American goes to the American embassy for help. That's what embassies well, the American, are American, yes. I thought you said the Mexican. Well, so but you know another to thing, too. Wait, wait a minute. Let's, you know, finish the example so people, no, no, wait a minute. Finish the example so people keep it straight in their head. So, so two people, one, both living in the United States, one American citizen, one a Mexican illegal. They go to Egypt on business. They both get in trouble with the law. The American citizen goes to the American embassy. Where does the Mexican go? He goes, goes to, to the, the Mexican, Mexican embassy. Why? One thing, they speak the English, and also the <laughs> Mexicans in the Mexican embassy mm-hmm. would be more favorable to them. No, because the American Give embassy has no jurisdiction. The American embassy has no jurisdiction over Mexican nationals. Mexican national, no foreign national can go to the American embassy for help. Only Americans can, because illegal aliens have no rights in the United States. So an illegal alien from Mexico or from anywhere can only go to their own country, their own embassy. Why? Because that country still has jurisdiction over them. We don't. I agree with you on that. I agree with you. So that's the proof. And you know another thing. When they Mm -hmm. come in, they should should give indication of where they're going to be staying at. You just can't drive from state to state to state to state. Oh, I should have traveled from state. Well, that's, that's, you that's have what to... happens in a customs inspection. Uh, customs, in, you know, when you come in and say you fly in, right, what do they ask you? Business or pleasure? Well, what kind of business are you in? You know, and the inspector can ask. I was an inspector. I did it for, for, for a couple of years until they put me in a desk stamping passports. But if yeah, you, but you, you have to fill the country, out an application for a visa, and on the application uh-huh. of the visa, you've got to indicate where you're going to be staying at. Absolutely, yeah. And all visas have an expiration date. So let's get to birth fraud citizenship. All right. So this is the big issue. So there's a, there's a mistaken claim out there. And this is going to be to resolving the illegal alien problem. Uh, because there are millions of illegal aliens that think they're citizens. And they're really not. So we need to correct their citizenship. And this is going to be the toughest one of all. Because now here's the, the perception is, the, 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 the incorrect perception is that people born in the United States uh, automatically become U.S. citizens. That's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, uh, there, are, there are studies, there are all kinds of things to show. There isn't a single law that says that. And the Constitution says just the opposite. That only Americans and lawful permanent residents can give birth to American citizens. 
is citizenship jurisdiction is not geographic jurisdiction. And Trump wanted to revoke that, but he didn't have he didn't have lawyers that were good enough to be able to handle that question. We can handle it. I got the answer right here. It's pretty simple, actually. Check my live chat again. See what's going on. I haven't done live chat for a while. See if uh, oh no, Marco hasn't done a whole bunch of stuff. So Pianchi, what do you understand about that before I before I, I settle this issue once and for all again? So people born in this country to I don't know Argentinians. So a couple of Argentinians come into the country. You know, woman's pregnant. She's about to give birth. <laughs> or like the Russians that do it or the Chinese that do it. Anybody that comes to, you know, birth tourism, right? They come in this country, give birth to, to a, a baby on U.S. soil. Are they a U.S. citizen? And the answer is? They shouldn't be, but they look at it as. Well, they're given citizenship by the hospital. They just register them as Americans. So part of the provision, part of what I want to do is to make it illegal. The hospitals have to be banned. I don't know if this is going to be on the state or the federal or the local level, maybe all levels. Hospitals have to be banned. I, I should add this to my list uh, on, the, um, on the Citizenship ID Act, hospitals. They have to be banned from registering somebody as an American citizen unless one of the parents is proven to be an American citizen or a lawful permanent resident. Right? Yes. Because that's where it's done. It's done at the hospital level. Little note. I'm making a little note to myself here. So I'm going to add hospitals to that. So no hospital shall give, shall, shall register uh, a birth as an American citizen unless they, unless they check citizenship. And again, this is not, uh, this is a criminal issue as opposed to uh, an immigrant. Like people, unless they're, if they're immigrants, lawful immigrants, then there is no issue, right? So the federal government doesn't need to get involved. If they're non-citizens, you know, then, then, then they can't register their baby as a, as an American, that baby's registered with the citizenship of the parents, or at least one of them. That's why Kamala Harris is not a citizen. She had a, a Jamaican and an Indian parent, neither one of which were in the country legally. One had a student visa, but it expired. I don't think the other one had a visa at all. So under those circumstances, she would not be registered as an American citizen at birth by the hospital under this provision. So let's talk about this. I got a little bit of time. I want, this, I want to spend a little time on this. This is critical too. By the way, I will be sending this show to a couple of uh, Trump people that I know. I mean, talking you know senior people because <laughs> I, I actually made some really good contacts here. All right. So revoking anchor baby birth fraud citizenship is the bill. So I go to writeyourlaws.com and you look up revoking anchor baby birth fraud citizenship. It's, you click legislation and click all proposed laws. It's in there a little bit because I wrote it January 19th of 2018. And it says this, and here's, here's where I got the information <clears throat> for part of this. It says the Center for Immigration Studies, has, that's Mark Krikorian. I'm, I'm trying to get him on the show too. The Center for Immigration Studies has this paragraph on their site page on birthright citizenship. It says what law requires birthright citizenship? Oh, birth fraud. They're calling it birthright. Is automatic birthright citizenship for children of all legal and illegal aliens expressly required by the U.S. Constitution? On its face, the answer is no. No language in the Constitution specifically addresses how the children of foreigners must be dealt with in regards to citizenship. The 14th Amendment confers citizenship through naturalization or by birth to persons subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. That's the key phrase, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. 
Now we talked, and then it says, but no, but provides no guidance on when an alien is to be regarded as a subject to U.S. jurisdiction. See, I don't agree with all this paragraph now. I have to, I'm going to have to take this out of the bill. This is the next question then is whether any statute enacted, enacted by Congress specifically directs the granting of citizenship to children born in the United States to illegal aliens. Again, the answer is no. The executive branch's birthright citizenship policy, 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 is not based on any federal regulation. One might say that the practice has become policy without becoming law. So there's nothing in the Constitution that says that somebody born here you know, two illegal aliens is a U.S. citizen. There's nothing in statutory law. There's no act of Congress that says that somebody born here to illegal aliens is a citizen. So why do well, we do it? It's just statutory it's law just, couldn't do that anyway because the Constitution specifically says different. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they can make a. I, I don't. That's, that's an interesting question. So if they use the well, they couldn't under the Fourteenth Amendment because it's illegal to make somebody uh, a citizen who isn't. Uh, Subject, whose parents are well, that's subject what I'm to uh, our jurisdiction. You can't make a statutory law. You can't yeah. have a statutory law that offers somebody citizenship that's born here when the Constitution says otherwise. Yeah. That's no, what people point are trying that. to do. Mm-hmm. You got much of that going on. Like, for instance, uh, in the state of Tennessee, they're saying that the state legislature can impose uh, these gun reforms that's going to ban certain. Well, no, the Constitution says no, you can't. can't do that. People right. don't understand that for some reason. It just shows stupidity, ignorance, and stupidity. Well, also don't forget the Supreme Court and the editor writers and the people all over the place. This is what I want to try and get Dershowitz or Lawrence Tribe on the show because I want to challenge them on this. But all rights are absolute. And the whole purpose of a right is so the government can't prevent you from doing something before you actually do it. So the right to keep and bear arms that's is right. absolute. And the right to keep and bear arms is in the Constitution, which means it is supreme over any gun control law to the contrary. So if they say you, we can ban, you know, 50-round magazines or we can, you know, keep 18-year-olds from buying handguns, none of that is constitutional. That's all statutory law, and statutory law is moot if it, if it comes into contact with the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear can't be touched. That's what it says. So any law that does touch the right to keep and bear is illegal. Right. And you're absolutely right. How somebody, and then they want to blame a gun. I showed a clip where a guy came up to a car, shot the driver, and the girl on the other side were running. Mm-hmm. He, uh, hang on, I'll talk to you. Somebody's calling me. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I want to read another paragraph then. We're kind of bouncing right here this morning. Let me, let me go back to birthright citizenship for a minute while Pianchi's, uh temporarily delayed. And the whole point of this, we talked about uh, there's no law. There's nothing in the Constitution. In fact, the Constitution says specifically the opposite. But I wrote on birthright citizenship or birth fraud citizenship, since there is no law and it's not in the Constitution, here is a bill to amend the Immigration and Nationality Act so birthright citizenship does have a law and that law makes it illegal. My choice would be to make it retroactive back 10 years because there's no law allowing birthright citizenship and therefore no protection for the birth frauds. But that might be wishful thinking. It is the misinterpretation by the federal government and every hospital in the country of the 14th Amendment covered by this section and this act that allows for birthright citizenship to continue without a law being enacted. Even the name is misinterpreted. Citizenship is not a birthright of non-citizens. 
by defining subject to the jurisdiction thereof, it should end auto citizenship or birth fraud citizenship, auto being self-citizenship. In other words, you give it to yourself, right? Or whatever we should call it and guarantees a court case by the vote fraud Democrats. There we go. Pianchi, are you back? Otherwise, I'll continue with this one. Yes, I'm back. And that's, that's a good point you made. Well, thank you. Um, but this is let, – let's deal with the birthright thing so we don't get people confused. Then we'll come back to uh, – uh, well, I, the gun one's easier to do. Let me just do the gun one real quick. The Second Amendment does not cover the use of firearms. The use of firearms is not a right guaranteed by the Constitution. Constitution. Only the right to keep and bear. Therefore, when someone says – the murder rate or gun violence rate is so high, we have to put restrictions on the Second Amendment. That is an irrational statement because the use of firearms and the Second Amendment are completely separate from each other. They have nothing to do with each other because use, there are legal and illegal uses of firearms. Therefore, use cannot be a right because all rights are absolute. Therefore, if you want to have a statute that says self-defense is legal, target shooting is legal, murder is illegal, carjacking is illegal. That's perfectly fine. The government, their job is to define legal and illegal uses of firearms. But what they cannot do is touch in any way, by any prior restraint, the absolute right to keep and bear firearms. That's the difference. Questions? Piaggy's left me hanging again. <laughs> okay, back to birthright citizenship, which I call birth fraud citizenship. The problem is, now this is something that, uh, that I think changed what you were saying before, and I'd forgotten about this. This is why I have to put it all in bills. There's something called uh, the Immigration and National, Nationality Act. Immigration and Nationality Act prescribes exactly uh, who are citizens. Listen to this here. Current law, Immigration and National Act, Section 301, nationals and citizens of the United States at birth. Section 301, 8 U.S.C. 14, Section 1401 of the Immigration Nationalization Act uh, says the following shall be nationals and citizens of the, at birth. And it says, A, a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Now, the problem with this is that they've taken this law, which is a law, it's right there, INA, it's, it's, it's Act 301. It's Section 301, 8 U.S.C., so it's Title 8, U.S.C., 1401, Section 301. That's where you'll find it. So once again, Title VIII, U.S. Code, 1401, Section 301. It says the following shall be nationals and citizens at birth. A person born in the United States, and then it says comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Now what they did, what they did in this country, what the, the hospitals and the, the lawyers and the Supreme Court and everybody else has done, is they take the first part, a person born in the United States, and they forget the second part, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. And because they forget that second part, and because that second part is the part that makes the whole thing work, that's what makes birthright citizenship illegal and always has. But it hasn't been followed. With me so far, Pianchi? Nope, he's left me again. All right, let me continue on. So because of the Immigration and Nationality Act, Section 301, only says a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. And because the, the, the uh, courts have interpreted and the, and the presidents have misinterpreted and the Congress has misinterpreted and everybody has misinterpreted, let me give you a new definition. So our proposed law, instead of just saying a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof and leaving it, my bill says a person shall be defined, a person, you know, it says 
The following shall be nationals and citizens of the United States at birth. A, a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Subject to the jurisdiction thereof means persons not subject to the jurisdiction of any other nation through citizenship in, in any other nation, nor owing allegiance to any other nation, nor illegal alien in this nation, nor subject to or of any nation or foreign power or entity. It means every human being born within the jurisdiction of the United States of parents not owing allegiance to any foreign sovereignty. All nations have jurisdiction over their citizens and therefore responsibility for their citizens to whom those citizens are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. No child born of parents from a foreign jurisdiction can have jurisdiction within the United States, even if born on the soil or within the boundaries of the United States or its territories. All such persons born of parents with foreign jurisdiction on the soil of the United States shall be the responsibility of such foreign nations and shall have no claim of U.S. birthright whatsoever and under no circumstances to citizenship of or from the United States, regardless of where or by what circumstances they are born. Make sense? Oh, he's still busy. Yes, and matter of fact, uh, uh-huh. the key point, that you, the good example that you gave was if that person and mother was to have a problem and she's from Honduras, she would go to a Honduran embassy, probably mm-hmm. there in Washington, D.C., on Embassy Row. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go to a U.S. embassy. They can't speak the language. <laughs> but is that, this isn't a language issue. But what I did was I tried to make it as clear as possible that what the subject to the jurisdiction clause means is that – and this comes right out of the debate of the 14th Amendment. I actually went back to the original 14th Amendment debate in Congress which anybody can read. And they said very clearly, the subject to the jurisdiction is a citizenship jurisdiction. This is not a geographical jurisdiction. Everybody makes that mistake. This is a citizenship jurisdiction. So citizens of the United States are those who are born or naturalized here. That is a citizen of the United States. If you are born to parents who are subject to the jurisdiction of another country because they're citizens of another country... Since we have no jurisdiction over citizens of another country, we cannot grant their kids U.S. citizenship. That's illegal when you think about it. I never thought about it until just now. The United States cannot grant citizenship to another country's parents' kid. We cannot grant that. So and I would actually use that as an, I'm going to use that as an argument from now on, that it's illegal for the United States to usurp another country's citizens and grant U.S. citizenship to that baby born on U.S. soil or twins or triplets or whatever. Being born on U.S. soil is not the question, because this is not a geographic act. This is a citizenship act. And unless you're subject to U.S. jurisdiction by being a citizen or a permanent resident, we have no jurisdiction over you and cannot grant citizenship to you. So we need to correct all those people that got U.S. citizenship born to illegal alien parents or non-citizens. This isn't illegal alien. This is non-citizens. So anybody who was born to non-citizen parents, we need to correct that. We need to correct them and give them the citizenship, correct the record so that they have the citizenship of their parents. And we may have to go back several generations to do it. Now, the question is what you do with those folks who are already here. That I don't know yet. That's going to be a big question. But we need to correct the citizenship so the chain migration stops. So in other words, we stop people being born who all the way back the chain uh, where somewhere along the way they weren't U.S. citizens. So that's going to be a huge mess. But at least we can stop doing it now. 
And what you can do is take all the, the tourist uh, folks that came in, all the shark people that came in, all the people that flew in, gave birth, and left. You can immediately correct all those. And what you do is you correct if it's some, you, you know, correct all the illegal the, uh, alien ones. You have a Honduran consulate general in Miami there on Northwest 36th Street. Mm-hmm. Why don't you call them up and get them on the phone one time and ask them that question? Act like and you're a Honduran citizen and ask them, where should I come? Should I come to you or should I go to the U.S. Embassy? I don't have to ask that, that question. What I might ask them the question of? is how, in fact, I wouldn't ask the Honduran embassy. I'd, I'd actually ask uh, the Honduran government how they feel about losing their citizens when their parent, when Honduran parents give birth in the United States. They lose a citizen because we're giving them U.S. citizenship illegally. We're actually stealing the citizenship of kids from, the, from, their, from their own country. You know, I, like I said, I never well, looked at it that yeah, way until just now. Nice but if you look out to the president of the president uh-huh. of Honduras, but that's practically nil and void. But no, I wouldn't talk to him anyway. You know who I talk to? There in Miami. Yeah. Now, now I want I want to talk to the president I'm of Salvador. Call the embassy there in Miami and ask them. I don't question. have to ask them, I, but I know the answer, so I don't have to ask them. What I want to talk to is the president of El Salvador and see what he thinks. Well, they got an El Salvador the, embassy in Miami also. No, I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them in, in El Salvador. I got a Skype line. I'll call them there, or I'll email. Or I'll get Josie to do it. She knows everybody. She calls worldwide. All right, I think I pretty much covered this. I don't think there's any other bill. Uh, the only other I wanted to do real quickly. Uh, I talked about an illegal alien census. So we had a, we had a bill that we wrote. This is the one that was uh, that we wrote on the air. It's the first bill I wrote on the air. Uh, again, uh, July 5th, 2018, and I was fired July 13th of 2018. So this is, set, is a week before I'm fired. <laughs> okay. It's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, that's what happened. So the Citizens Only Census Act of 2018. This act was written on the air by listeners uh, on the callers of 1330 AM WEBY radio. I actually put that in the bill. So let me see. Actually, I don't need to read this bill now. But what I want to do is have an illegal alien census where the entire, all these federal government people that were transferring from all these other departments um, go to Homeland, uh, go to CPB, oh, no, what is it? not CPB, was it Homeland Security, Department of Homeland Security. Um, and, of course, the Commerce people, people would be over there, too, under Homeland Security. And they would then um, do an illegal alien census. They'd take a census of just find where all the illegal aliens are. If you approve a U.S. citizen, we don't, have to, we don't have to include you in the census. That's already been done. But if you're a legal alien, if you can't prove your citizenship, oh, we're going to keep you real fast. <laughs> you know, find out where you are. Uh, and that would be a way. And then, of course, the, you know, when it comes to the evictions, arrests, prosecutions, things like that. But if, uh, if a lot of illegal aliens know that the, the government knows who they are and where they are and where they live and what they do, because we've, we've census, you know, taken them, a lot of them are going to leave just on that basis. But the other ones, then we can start the asset forfeiture. We can start everything else. Once we know who the illegals are by a national illegal census, hey, it opens up a ton of doors to things that we do. Anyway, I'm good. Uh, we got Candace joining us in a little bit here, and I, I think I'm done with this issue. <laughs> I think I've covered it pretty well. Do you want to talk about something else? Or do you want to talk about any other points on this that you have a question on, Piaki? Greg is not in. T- I'm sorry. Derek's not in today? No, he's off today. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, 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 he's a busy man. He's got things to do, places to be. 
And unfortunately today, that doesn't include us. <laughs> All right, let me take another break. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, this would be a good time to um, uh, put my, my guest thing there. I'm just moving phone numbers around here. So I'll just play the other half of my, uh, of my things that I need to play. And it is now, what time is it? 8.47. This would be a good time to take a break, actually. And come back. You want to talk about that gun case or anything else you want to talk about? We can kind of uh, BS for a little while, which would be kind of fun here. So let me just rearrange this, do this. So what happens when you have to produce the, produce the show yourself. You gotta write things, you gotta push buttons, and uh, you know, get it all done. Let's see where I'll go here. And there we go. All right, back in a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Yeah, we're looking for a ton of new growth here at Action Radio, so this will tell you how. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60-second spots available for your announcements, and we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Action Radio part of the ADHD radio network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We 
talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Oh, wow. Gee, I was all excited for a couple of minutes because I, I got a couple of responses. I sent out a huge press release um, just uh, last night and this morning, and it's got some of our most important bills. And uh, I got a couple of responses from uh, a couple of you know, well-known figures who I shall not mention um, who told me basically they don't want to get any more. It's like, okay, I'll just take them off the list. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, most of my three or 400 folks that I sent to uh, uh, don't have a problem with that. But uh, think about this, think about this, Pianchi. We got folks there that actually have a problem with citizen legislation, and we're talking some uh, pretty well-known figures here. Isn't that interesting? Well, that's human being, human nature. Certain human Don't beings you? think that they should have exclusive right to determine determinatives of people's lives. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've got a theory I want to run by you that um, that the the conservative movement, most people in it, don't actually want to solve the problems. And that includes journalists, talk show hosts. Uh, that includes pundits, uh, people that sell books. You know, all the folks that are making money off the problems today by getting uh, conservatives and patriots and you know MAGA folks, America First is all riled up, um, but don't actually want to solve anything because it, it's like cops that don't want people to have guns because if people can defend themselves, they don't need cops. It's the same kind of mentality to thinking, well, wait a minute, if we solve the problems, what are we going to do for a living? Well, we won't be able to complain about it. And I think there's some of that going on, which really disgusts me. But the idea that these people want to continue the problems so they can maintain their income, it's like, it's like the old buggy whip. Remember the buggy whip example? Well, we have to keep uh, buggy whip people employed because what are they going to do otherwise? Well, they'll probably become auto mechanics. <laughs> You know, because we don't need buggies anymore. But it's the same mentality. These, these, these conservative, you know, big public folks don't want the problems to go away because what are they going to talk about? What are they going to write about? What are they going to uh, advocate? What are they going to uh, do in the, in the Heritage Foundation for their luncheons? What are they going to do in the foundations? What are they, you know, the problems go away, then, then they, what are we going to do? And see, here, I don't care about any of that. I want to solve the problems. And that's probably why we are the only radio show with a citizen legislature attached because everybody else wants to just go for ratings and, and, and rile people up and, and make advertising money. And that's so shallow and so, so destructive and so and, you know, unpatriotic as far as I'm concerned. If you're, if you're basing your job on maintaining problems so you can complain about them and make money, you're scum as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Piaki? Good point. Well, thank you. <laughs> You know, but it really, do you, do you see what I see? Do you see people that really want to perpetuate the problems? You look at most of the, the, the conservative networks. Well, Fox isn't even conservative anymore. But you look at them. You look at uh, uh, the pundits. You look at all the podcasts. You look at all the substacks. You look at all the things that are out there, all the many, many things that are out there describing the problems that we all know about. We know the COVID shots are dangerous. We know they're not safe and effective. You know, we know that the economy sucks. We know the national debt is, is tipping over. You know, we know that the problems are out there, and yet they maintain the lie that we have to raise the debt ceiling to our, our obligations, when the truth is they made obligations that were higher than the debt ceiling. And once you make obligations higher than the debt ceiling, you're, you're in the illegal territory. You've broken the law. You've broken the debt ceiling, forcing the debt ceiling to rise to meet your illegal obligations that you made before, knowing that you had to raise the debt ceiling to meet them. 
See, that's the lie. That's the game. And yet the simple solution is, well, you cut spending below the debt ceiling. The really simple solution is you have a constitutional amendment that takes away the power of Congress to borrow money. Problem solved. Well, gee, Greg, how are they going to fight a war? Well, you, you, you have a budget for fighting a war. War is not that expensive when they're over quickly. Our problem is our wars go on for and 20 this years. Is a good, uh, go ahead. This is a good ruling by this judge, but you got the gun control say that uh, it would significantly increase gun access for a population that research shows is more impulsive and responsible for a disproportionate number of fatal shootings. Well, that's totally okay, that's, that's irrelevant. My grandson can't have a gun when he's 18. Mm-hmm. See, that's irrelevant. It's irrelevant how many criminals commit crimes with guns. First of all, criminals don't register their guns. They don't buy them legally. So you've got 12-year-olds with guns. That's not the issue. So you separate, and here's this is, let's go back to the point we were making earlier. You separate the criminal use of firearms from the Second Amendment. So the issue is the Second Amendment. And if the issue is the Second Amendment, crime is irrelevant to that issue because we're not dealing with criminals. We're talking about the rights of, of citizens. So what they're trying to do is deny the rights to citizens because of the actions of criminals. And that can never be allowed to happen. You do not base the rights of individuals on what people who break the law do. And that's the answer to that question. Make sense? Well, yeah. And this is what people should say, we're not going to do it. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter how many... Well, but the fact that, well, the crime is a different problem. It's a different issue. So it, when people are, are committing crimes and 18-year-olds are committing crimes with handguns, yeah, that's certainly an issue, but it's not a Second Amendment issue. It's a crime issue. Just as illegal aliens are not an immigration issue, they're a criminal issue. So you put it in the right place and it makes more sense. So, so part, of the thing, part of what I do here is to, is to define the issues properly and put, the, put them in the right place. Because if you talk about an illegal immigrant, you've confused the issue so badly that no one knows what the hell is going on. Because they think that it becomes an immigration problem then. When it's not, it's a crime problem. An illegal alien is a crime problem. An immigrant is an immigration problem. <laughs> you know, and then totally we get back things. to black males again. Let's get back to black males again. Point is, They're the one that's, that's that particular group in the United States. In these age groups that they're calling, FBI mm-hmm. figures shows that that's causing these problems. So why not go around and confiscate and detain them? Well, no, you can't do that now. You're racially profiled. Well, that's what the so, data no, wait a minute, shows. Wait a minute. If that's the problem, if you're trying to end gun violence, other ways, let's, let's, let's work this through for a bit. This is kind of an interesting thought. So if 18, so let's say 18 to 24-year-old black males are causing most, let's say younger, 16. 16 and 24-year-old black males are causing most of the gun violence in this country, and most of it in Democrat-controlled cities. So the first thing you do is you make you know, uh, Democrats running for office illegal. That will actually solve a lot of the crime problem. If you, prevent Democ- if you disband the Democrat Party and, and make them uh, not be able to run for office, that would solve the crime problem. Of course, that's not legal. <laughs> it's not constitutional. In the same way, if you confiscated the guns, you prevent black men 16 to 24 from possessing guns, Right? That would solve a lot of the gun violence problem, wouldn't it? Oh, hell yeah. It will solve the problems that they are – that they're talking about. Right. They're saying that this this population has – 
is more impulsive and mm-hmm. responsible for disapportionment mm-hmm. number of fatal shootings. So that's mm-hmm. true. So take right. their guns. So if you took the guns of young black males, you would greatly reduce the crime problem. So if your object is to reduce the crime problem, that is a possible solution, except for one thing. It's completely unconstitutional because <laughs> you can't do it. Um, but in the same way, what, what's the difference? What if we had black flag laws? So in other words, red flag laws are people that the government thinks might commit a crime maybe in the future. Maybe. So they confiscate their guns. What if we had black flag laws that confiscated guns from young black men? Because they might commit a crime in the future, maybe. What's the difference between a red flag law confiscating guns and confiscating guns from young black men? They're both illegal confiscations, right? So if you can have red well, flag laws... It's, you have, it's not no well, more... It's, it's right? illegal... It's illegal to prevent uh, our 18-year-old who haven't committed no crimes whatsoever, don't even show it. It's it's just as illegal to keep them from having guns. Mm -hmm. If you say you want to take the guns from those that uh, are the face of this particular population, is illegal, well, then you got a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but it's interesting, though, that red flag laws and, and black flag laws, you know, use the same principle. Uh, taking guns from 18 to 20-year-olds uh, and black flag laws use the same principle. You're taking guns from 18 to 20-year-olds because you think they might commit a crime in the future, maybe, thus denying the right to all 18 to 20-year-olds. That's illegal. That's prior restraint. That violates the Second Amendment. Let's see what the judge said. So this is from the right scoop, R-I-G-H-T-S-C-O-O-P, scoop. Breaking. Federal judge just ruled that 18 to 20-year-olds can legally buy handguns. May 11th, 2023, so this would have been yesterday. A federal judge just ruled that 18 to 20-year-olds can legally buy handguns, declaring unconstitutional the laws and regulations that prevented firearms dealers from selling them handguns. And this is, here's more. A federal judge in Virginia on Wednesday, we should get Jonathan. <laughs> He's up that way. A federal judge in Virginia, we do this Monday. A federal judge in Virginia on Wednesday declared unconstitutional a set of federal laws and regulations that prohibit federally licensed firearm dealers from selling handguns to 18 to 20-year-olds, finding the measures violated the Second Amendment. See, this is what makes this a lawful ruling. The judge ruled based on the Second Amendment. That's lawful. That's a lawful, in the Constitution, duty of the federal judiciary to use the Constitution in cases. Absolutely. He didn't interpret the Constitution. He didn't change the Constitution. He didn't violate the Constitution. He didn't make up stuff. He didn't use you know, bogus judicial review and prescribe a bunch of remedies. He didn't do anything. All he did was say that the laws that said that 18 to 20-year-olds can't buy handguns are unconstitutional and voided them. This is good. Quote, because the statutes and regulations in question are not consistent with our nation's history and tradition, they therefore cannot stand. That's U.S. District Judge Robert E. Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. I wonder if he's a, uh, a descendant of, uh, uh, who is it, Thomas Paine, <laughs> who, wrote the, uh, who wrote all that famous stuff. That'd be interesting. Anyway, who sits in Richmond, concluded in a 71-page opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'll send that to Jonathan. You can read the 71 pages. But first, now, here's where the judge is wrong, actually. So this, this is something from the Heller decision that Scalia talked about, the, the, consistent with our nation's history. That is not why that statute is illegal. It is not illegal because the statute's, uh, are not consistent with their history and tradition, they are unconstitutional because they violate the Second Amendment. So he used the right 
legal way of doing it, but he used the wrong legal theory to do it. It's kind of interesting. Then he says, although 18 to 20-year-olds previously could buy handguns in private sales or have a parent purchase a weapon for them, the decision Wednesday, if left unchallenged, would dismantle a legal framework that for decades has prevented licensed dealers from selling handguns to teenagers, said William T. Clark, an attorney with the Giffords Law Center. Oh, that's uh, you know, what's your name for it? Uh, shot by, uh, I think, a lot of I remember, which filled an amicus brief in the case calling for the laws uh, issued to upheld. Payne, who was, was nominated to the bench by President George H.W. Bush, the elder Bush, repeatedly cited the Supreme Court's decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, v. Bruin, uh, a ruling from the high court's conservative majority, oh no, that expanded the right to bear arms last year. No, the Second Amendment expanded the right to keep and bear arms by making it absolute. God, these people are stupid. I'm so, I'm so sick of dealing with morons. Everywhere I go, people write things that simply aren't true. And because they put a judge's name beside it or they, they something they think is uh, – they make a wild assumption, well, we have to go by our nation's history. That's a bunch of BS. <sighs> More than the article. The plaintiff in the Virginia case, John Corey Fraser, was 20 years old when he attempted to buy a Glock 19 handgun from a federally licensed dealer in May 2022 and was turned away, according to the lawsuit he filed last year. Well, good for you, John Corey Fraser. Let's see if I can get you on the show. He challenged the Constitution in 1968 and federal regulations from the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco, and Explosives, the ATF-E, limit the sale of handguns to adults 21 years and older. Ah, they basically were paying the same stuff on board. Um, but that, that's, uh, that's basically it. Um, so they actually up, they did the right thing, but they used the wrong legal theory to do it, which is kind of stupid, but I don't care. <sighs> well, I see yeah, where Gene... Uh, I see where E. Jean Carroll says she is considered in a new lawsuit after CNN provided a town hall form for Trump to defame her again. <clears throat> well, that's going to that's be appealed. First of all, she made the whole thing up. Did you see? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Ooh, this one's Fox got problems. Here's, so here's many Fox News. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's one. Boxer, no Filipino. They, what? No, go ahead. I just found something no interesting. Matter if they black, white, Filipino. Yellow, red, hey, crazy. Where's your guess at? I'm from one, and Candace should be called. I'm going to give her a text in a minute. It says, right, here's one for you. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I, I, she just sent me a text. I won't say what it says. It, it, I'll, uh, uh, this, is, this is funny, actually. Hang on, I'll be right back. I'll be right back, guys. I just sent her another little note here. Don't mind me. Apparently, a 22-year-old boxer collapsed in the ring. Probably got a COVID shot. Send one more little thing here. There we go. Okay. Anyways, we should be hearing from her just a bit. <laughs> That's kind of funny. All right. So, yeah, so another boxer collapsed in the ring. Cause of death unknown, which same before I got distracted. I'm sorry, Pianca. I had to text uh, Candace. Pianchi? Going once, going twice? He's distracted also. <laughs> we were saying something a minute ago. I had to text Candace real quickly, so she had uh, something we had to uh, take care of before she comes on. Well, I, well, I hope she was coming, because I got to skip out myself. 
the start of the weekend early on some things. But uh, okay, no, these uh, people like this lady here is making up your lies, and you have to ask oh, yourself, right. mm-hmm. what is in the mindset of the grand jury that was convened to even want to come back with a true bill for this case to even go forward? Well, the grand jury we don't know about, but we do know the jury. And the judge prohibited the Trump attorneys from learning the names of the jury. That's unheard of. The judge was an absolute leftist Clinton appointee, was out to get Trump. The jury were all apparently liberals. Democrat voters were out to get Trump. The prosecutors are all leftists out to get Trump. And so the whole reason they're doing this, they knew this case was never a real case. What they're trying to do is tie up Trump's time and Trump's money so he can't campaign. If they can't block him from from running for president, they're going to make his life so miserable while he's running for president, he spends all his time in court. Because when he's in court, he's not on the campaign trail. So that's the problem. And so we shall see if uh, Congress comes up with a bill in the House, you know, to say that you cannot uh, prosecute, you know, political candidates while they're in office for the purpose of delaying them from running for office. So the judge prevented Trump's lawyers from finding the names of the jury, jurors? That's what, that's what I heard last night on the news. Yeah, One American News. Uh-huh. That's oh, how biased boy, it was. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know who said it? Dershowitz said it. In fact, I remember the, I remember the article now. Dershowitz said um, that uh, the, the, the – and Dershowitz says, the first thing I do when I have a jury uh, and I have to interview the jury is I get their names, I look on their social media. He said – Dershowitz quote is I learn as much as I can about them. Well, if you don't get the names of the jurors, you don't know if they're all leftists and they're all, you know, Brandon supporters and contributors. I mean, what, you know, you're supposed to be, a, and Dershowitz said, it's supposed to be a jury of your peers. Well, it's not a jury of your peers if they're all leftists that hate you. A jury of your peers is your friends, your colleagues, people of similar status and class uh, and education. That's what a peer is. So these people Absolutely. are not Absolutely, this one peers. here is really terrible if you look like a tranny. <laughs> That's not a peer either. Anyway, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I might, I might play something else. We're waiting, for can, we're waiting for our candidates. I'll play something funny. See if I can. Thanks, Bianchi. Appreciate your help today. It's been, uh, it's been a great chat. So, what can I play? Okay, Let's... I'll talk to you Monday. Okay, sounds good. You take care. See you later. So, this is, I haven't played this for a while. This is always fun.
Well, that was fun. I had three minutes to uh, do something. <laughs> so I was waiting for Candace to, uh, to, to, to get life together here. Um, we were sort of joking around. I didn't say the reason, but I, uh, I, I said we had to text a little bit first to, to, get, to make sure we could get you on the air here. So it's good. So good timing because I was just going to – I've said enough for one day. I was talking two hours, and I had Pianchi, and you know, we were sort of jamming here for, for most of the last two hours and 15 minutes. So how you been? So I should introduce you. This is Cowgirl Candice, and this is uh, Believe the Journey uh, with the Believe the Journey report. So about time. What you been doing? Oh, you know, living you for life a on the ranch and, yeah. and traveling, wondering. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but well, pick one. And, uh, doing good. We got forty-five minutes, so we can cover all of them. So, you want you want to talk travel? Or you want to talk ranch? Ah, oh, well, we can talk ranch. I mean, I'm getting ready to come into the summertime, so that means training horses are coming. So, I had an evaluation uh-huh. with a Mustang out of Wyoming last night. Who? Unfortunately, had a, a moment where she bucked her owner off, or he bucked her owner off. So um, I get to deal with one that that has some time that, and and that's where, you know, I I see this a lot where people take these horses to trainers, and the first thing they do is kind of just get on and rush through them, and they don't desensitize. So then by the time I get them. Um, the evaluation process is where the owners are with me and I kind of roll out pain and emotional response and fear. And so based out of what I suggested yesterday or what I could read with the horse was we were a little painful on the, uh, on the back end. And then we had some spots where the previous owner had rode with a cinch, which is what holds the saddle on that had rubbed causing some spots there and then uh then he just really wasn't worked on his right hand side so just like people we're left brain and we're right brain so we have more of a dominant side we're stronger on one side so horses as well same thing with the brain they're more reactive typically on one side and that's why you'll always hear the side that they're reactive on you want to work harder than on the side that they're dual on or that they're comfortable on um because a lot of times when you're swinging your leg over if they're still reactive more on the one side, that's going to be when that brain switches from the thinking side to the reactive side. So that was kind of a little bit of what was going on there was, and I showed her, I said, you can mount from the left side, which is a typical side that you mount from. Same thing with tacking up. And it's why it's important to always tack up and get used to mounting from both sides because there's going to be mounting. So getting on horse people. Tacking up is saddling up, putting the saddle up, putting the gear on. So okay. tacking up is getting them ready to ride. And then mounting mm-hmm. up, of course, is, is getting on the saddle. And okay. um, and so she could see the difference in the horse and the demeanor. When I mounted from the left, which is your typical, and then when I mounted from the right, he wanted to come out from underneath me. So that's where he wanted to show, hey, I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm either going to buck or I'm going to run from you. Um, so a lot of that opening their the owner's eyes up to, hey, you know, this is why it's important to do both sides here because, God forbid, something did spook him, and you come off on that right-hand side, and he reacts to the point. I've heard stories where the, the horse kicks the owner in the face because of it, and it's not because the horse purposely wants to hurt you. They just have not be, been dis- desensitized on the right-hand side. Um, so that was huh. a little bit of what, what I – the owner yesterday and this will be on my youtube channel starting in the summertime um Mm -hmm. i've had four videos recorded 
um, three of which are Indy, the rescue mayor that I have that I'm working with, and then yesterday the full hour and a half was recorded for me for the session. Wow. So throughout that process, you'll see me talk, talking and showing them, hey, this is how I know that he's painful on this side by watching his body twitch when I apply pressure. This is the clues that indicate chances are that girth or that cinch rubbed him. Um, so that is all clues. And then the owner at the end of the day also said, you know, we were in a rush. We were trying to hurry up. We knew that he was kind of off that day. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see across the board with horse people and myself included is our guts telling us, hey, yeah, they're having an off day. And then what outrolls it is we want to ride or we have a show and sometimes we end up choosing to go that route and riding and that's where sometimes problems happen you know hmm. i don't think the horse intentionally meant to buck the owner off i don't think he has a bucking problem i think throughout that day they rushed him he was already kind of on the offside he was painful and then that cinch rubbed him when she went to mount from the ground to get on him it just threw him off and he bucked her off um so all those things go into a domino effect, and it, it plays an important role on how they're going to be for that day. Hmm. There's a lot to this. I mean, there's a you know you're dealing with a with a living thing with a you know a heart and a mind and spirit and everything else. It's it's uh, uh, it's quite a relationship, and I'm learning you know how how deep this is. Now, when you say getting on from one side or the other, I mean our horses. Did they get used to people from one side? Is there a reason we always do it from the left? I do it from the left because that's, that's the way I, I was taught the, the, the four times I've ridden horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there, you know, so if you hop on from the other side, I mean, are horses right and left footed like we're right and left handed? I mean, can you tell that? Do, do horses have a dominant side like we do? I guess they would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought about it. How yeah. do you tell? Um, a lot of times by the reaction of them. You know, a lot of times when I'm training a horse, they'll catch on to one side versus the other quicker. You know, they excel one side or the other. Um, So, for instance, like barrel racing, you'll see a lot of times people either ride to that first barrel on the right or they ride to that first barrel on the left, and it's not because they have a preference. A lot of times it's because the horse, you know, that first barrel is the winning barrel. So that whatever the horse is going to confidently do or is better at, Either the left turn or the right turn, that's where they're going to start the horse. Huh. So barrel racing, how mm-hmm. many barrels in a, in a typical barrel race? Is it three? Three barrels. So the first one's critical. Why? Is it like getting a good the start to the race? The first critical because you're setting it up. Yep, you're setting up okay. that pattern. So mm-hmm. you you go straight towards that barrel. And then and that was something that I learned at the Martha, the Martha Josie Clinic in Texas when I went to uh-huh. Texas when I was 18 years old. Um, so your your first barrel is called the winning barrel. So if you don't set that barrel up, you know, chances are your timing's not going to be the best afterwards. Hmm. Do we have rodeos around here? Is it something people can go visit? And, and oh, how yeah. popular are rodeos yeah, these days? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We, I mean, I think we have quite a few annual rodeos. We just had one last weekend. We, I mean, we're a pretty popular area, believe it or not, um, not necessarily for the cattle, which, which sucks because I'd love to get more into the cattle business, um, hmm. you know, or the mounted shooting. We don't have mounted shooting around here, which if I had a million dollars and could start my own arena, like that would be what we would do. 
Um, but uh, we have a lot, a lot of English riders around our area, and we have quite a few barrel racers. Um, we have several arenas. We have our East Milton Arena, which is called the June 8th Arena here close to me. It's only mm-hmm. three miles away from me. And then we have mm. our Baker Arena, our Schmuckler Arena, our Jay Arena, our Pensacola Arena, and then we have several in the Alabama, you know, right on the other side of Florida state line. Um, there's one right there in Bruton. So we have, um, you know, we, we're, we're blessed to have so many local free arenas. You don't have to pay to go in. Now, if they're doing a rodeo, obviously you have to pay those fees and you can rent those arenas where other people can't come in. So, but during the week you can have those facilities pretty much to yourself. And there's, there's some beautiful setups around here. Hmm. It's like this whole underground, I don't know if it's like a club organization or just people doing it. You know, I see horse, uh, folks riding horses on the, uh, the Blackwater Trail. It's the old uh, railroad mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Milton and uh, somewhere in Alabama. I'm not sure where. But it's a great biking trail, walking trail. I see skateboards. I see rollerblades. I uh, even see these electric bikes, which is cheating. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get a healthy riding an electric bike, folks, okay? It's just not going to happen. Anyway, um, but, uh, it, but I, I see horses occasionally. Of course, I'm always looking for you. I figure, I don't know, do you ride that trail at all? I mean, are we going to stumble into each I, other on a bike and a horse ride? <laughs> I do not. I like to. I tend to like to be on the dirt and out. And out. Oh, where'd you go? Hello, hello. Are you there? Huh? Where did I go? Hello, hello. Hello, Candace. One of us <laughs> isn't broadcasting. So let me see if I do a little thing of, uh, can she hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. oh it was it you. Was okay, my, good. I you muted yourself? Tried to, yeah, I guess so. Well, I opened oh, the door okay. to my truck and it decided to connect even though the key's not in it. Oh, okay. Well, it, it happens yeah. sometimes. There's all these little glitches <laughs> we get um, technologically. Now, mine, um, because that's time for me to change my mic cord, uh, I had a couple of uh, drops. I've got my, my emergency cord in here right now. Uh, which seems to be working pretty well. It's been working for for a few days, but the last one, um, I have to replace them every like six months or so because you, you you put the cord, pull the cord in and out of a computer. There's only so many times you can do that, and it's like, okay, we're done. <laughs> You're not going to get a good connection anymore. Uh, the computer connection works fine, but the, the mic cord itself, you know. Anyway, so all these little glitches happen, but I don't know. See, I've been trying to get meters. This is a little personal complaint here uh, with Blog Talk. I've been trying to get meters on the um, – digital meters like they have in the, the professional in the producer studios where they actually have a, a little needle that goes back and forth. But you can do it digitally uh, on the signal that you're broadcasting, and we could moderate and actually have a consistent signal. But they haven't done that. So I don't know if I've dropped, you've dropped, or, you know, it's just, it's just embarrassing. We don't know what's happening. Anyway, back to, local, <laughs> back to local horse riding. So folks on the trails, what, what are the restrictions? I mean, how urban can you get? Can you go down the Main Street of Milton? Can you go down Caroline or, or Willing Street? You know, can you uh, walk the waterfront, the boardwalk with a horse? Probably not that one. Where can you go with horses? I mean, what are the restrictions you guys have? We need some uh, historical downtown horses. We absolutely do. Um, a couple years back, the new city council decided that it would not be allowed for horses to ride in the city limits. You cannot even own a horse in the city limits um, without the property being zoned. I don't know the answer to that one, um, other than it has even caused where we can't ride our horses in the Christmas parade, which was such a big thing. I mean, I think the community loved it. I know for several years, up until last year when they said, nope, no more horses allowed, 
you know, that was something that I think most people took their children to was just to see the horses because there was always such a large number. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I feel I feel legislation coming on. I, I, I feel the, the action radio mm-hmm. purpose, our raison d'etre, what we do here coming on. We need to get the horses back in the yeah. parades. Yeah. Okay. Yes, That's, we, uh, do. Yeah. we need to talk about that. There's okay. So let's. Of uh-huh. people that would say yes to that because that was something that we all did with pride, okay. you know. So if you would like to write the bill, especially when you're not, if any time like the summer when you're not doing rides as much, um, this yeah. and this would be fairly easy. We just take a look at the statute that says you can't, and we basically revoke it, repeal it, okay, and say yes, you can. So we just need to go into the city codes, the city ordinances, or the zoning laws that say that you cannot ride horses here. You, whatever they say you can't do, we're just going to get those repealed so that you can. So that, that's 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 actually a pretty easy fix because we don't have to write new legislation okay. to get it very approved. We just take out the stupid stuff they put in. Easy peasy. Yeah. And since you're and since you're yeah. so connected with the horse community, we've got an instant lobbying group. Yeah. So here's what you do. Here's what, you want to have some fun. All right. So you invite WEAR TV and say that you're going to ride your horses to the city council meeting. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> as an act of civil disobedience, and so so you you build a little horse hitch. You know, outside, outside the 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 the, uh, the auditorium there, and you guys just literally ride up, and you announce ahead of time. Tell the yeah. county sheriff, tell everybody, tell Milton police, tell everybody you're going to do this, right? And they say, well, you can't do that. Well, it's an act of civil disobedience. It's under free speech. Yes, we can. And just yeah. make sure you have yeah, a, well, have a cleanup crew. Yeah. Why not? In accordance to Charlie Bob, who you know crossed many areas that wasn't allowed. You know, he didn't say that he was riding horses. It was a means of traveling. Or the means of traveling does not count. You cannot tell me that my horse does not belong here or my mule does not belong here because it is it's my conveyance. means of traveling. Yeah, use that word yeah. conveyance. It's my conveyance. Yeah. It's my means of travel. Yeah. Don't say that, you know, it's not a vehicle because yeah. it's not. But, yeah. Nope. Yeah. So the, there must no. be some federal law that allows the Amish to ride you know, horses and, and wagons down, you know, super highways because <laughs> we see them all the time, right? So maybe there's a federal right, law you can yeah. tie into this. Right? So, so tie into federal law. Hope you're taking notes. We're, we're legislating right now. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, see if there's, a, if there's a federal provision. See if there's a state provision um, that, uh, that guards horse trust. See, a lot of times laws are in conflict, but nobody knows until they do the research because people just pass stuff right. and they don't care. Yeah. So you do a quick search, search of uh, just put uh, uh, Florida state law regarding horses in town. That would probably be enough. Yeah. Let's do it right now. Let's, 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 we got, you, you, this be fun. do a little, little on-the-spot legislating. So let me clear out that window. Let me pick up another one here. I have to keep my windows down, otherwise the signal goes bad. That's one thing I learned. All right, so ah. let's look up Florida. Hang on, Florida. F-O-R-I-D-A, state law on horses riding in town in yeah. cities and towns. Uh, yes, and I'm typing around my microphone. That's why it sounds funny. I don't cut off the show in the process. All right. <clears throat> Take two. Uh, <laughs> advisory. Le- <laughs> Here we go. Advisory legal opinion. Horses on public streets. Here we go. Uh, this is from My Florida Legal. Oh, this, this is great. I mean, just ask. This is why I love the Internet, right? This is thus the writing. Well, let me pull this one up. This one actually looks like it's a decent one. Statutes and Constitution. I wonder if it's constitutional. And now we're re- the Florida legislature. This is, I can, I'm going to send you the whole thing. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Then we'll talk about your, your trip in a little bit here. Let's see what we got. Advisory legal opinion, horses on public streets. Oh, come on, load. My computer's occupied with uh, 
all the stuff I'm doing. Let's try another one. Uh, I'll just read what it says uh, on, the, on the, the blurb. And the blurb says, uh, thus the riding or driving of horses or the driving of animal-drawn vehicles on the streets of a municipality is a subject covered and regulated by Chapter 316. There you go. And a municipality may not therefore regulate or prohibit such traffic on the streets within the, its jurisdiction unless expressly authorized to do so um, with some legal citation I don't know. Then we got statutes and constitution. Here's another website. Uh, it says, under Florida law, an equine activity sponsor, that would be you, or an equine mm-hmm. professional, that would also be you, is not liable for an injury to or the death of a participant. Well, that's kind of dramatic. We don't want to go there yet. We just, we just, want, we just want to have a horse in a parade. So don't rain on my parade. Oh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, the screen's kind of frozen here. Oh, and here it was Florida equine activity law. There you go. You know, equine U.S. leader. Yeah. Engages in equine activity means riding, training, assisting. Okay. So in other words, just do what I did. Put Florida state law on horse. Oh, here it finally came up. Horses on public streets. Municipalities may not prohibit riding or driving of horses on public streets. Oh, this is interesting. This is from Ashley Moody, Attorney General. Oh, look what I found. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm just going to send this whole thing. I'm just going to copy and paste. I'll send this right to you. You you can do further research because you know the right keywords. And I'm I'm just an amateur when it comes to this. So let me pull up a Facebook window or I could probably emails faster. Oh, yeah, so I was joking earlier that a couple of people reacted rather violently to my press release. Did you get my press release? Did I send you one? Hey, no? did you send it on regular might, uh, Messenger? No, you might not be on the list. i got to put you, make sure you're on my yeah. email list. Was that the newest one? The yeah, newest I it last night and today. No, no, this is a uh, – oh, here you go. No, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong person. I'll try one more time. Do I have your email? I don't know if I have your email. I should. We've probably already messaged. All right, I'll do it later. Take care of this. Okay. Not a problem. I don't want to take up the entire show time with my administrative hassles. <laughs> anyway, but it's there. <laughs> you know, I, I think it looks it looks like uh, they can't they can't prohibit you. That's what the, just just from my reading of that one website. Well, that would be great. Then I'd just show up to the Christmas parade. <laughs> yeah. With my herd. With, uh, the, with the, the bill in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, oh, the, okay. the, the public won't protest. <laughs> they I enjoy got your the email work. here. Yeah, I got your email here. That looks familiar. I don't know why <laughs> it didn't pull up. Sometimes when I'm doing the show, this, it, it takes so much memory and, and RAM or RAM, RAM asleep, RAM to uh, do the show. There's a lot of, uh, of things I can't do uh, just because we're broadcasting worldwide and, you know, stuff happens. All right. Um, yeah. but, it, but, you, but that's interesting that um, you uh, – Marco said you're still here. That was a while ago. Thanks, Marco. Marco's in the Netherlands. He's listening to us also. Okay. Netherlands is growing. Netherlands is our fourth, group, fourth largest group right now. So U.S. is the biggest audience, about 80 80- – yeah, isn't that great? About 85% U.S., uh, 4% England, 3% Canada, 2% Australia, and a little less than 1% Netherlands. We're getting there. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So we can ask what and the horse riding is like. Kate, in, I want uh-huh. Kate to call in from Peru, so hopefully she will soon. Well, uh, she, she needs to call me in advance. I need to approve her account. 
And that's how the Skype line works. Okay. So you call in Skype online, and all the instructions are there on the broadcast page. Everything's on our broadcast page, our phone number, you know, our, our websites, all that kind of stuff. It's right there on every broadcast page, so easy to find. Um, but if she uses the Skype line and calls in, I can approve her account, and especially if she leaves a message, hi, I'm Candace's friend from Peru. It's like, okay, good, you're in. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. Okay. Well, we got about 25 minutes left, so anything else on, on horse stuff around here? But we definitely can work on the parade. That would be good. Yeah, the parade would be awesome if we could work on it. I mean, and even trying to get the history back in downtown, I would love to kind of get more involved with that, um, seeing how they're demolishing so many of our historical buildings, which I thought kind of had a right to be there, but um, that's neither here nor, nor there. But as far as as far as far our trail rides, I only, for our local people or, or tourists coming in that's listening, um, I only have four more days left of May that's not booked. So mm. I will be a busy, busy, busy person. I have one ride after I get off here today, and I literally think I sent out my dates this morning to one of my regular clients who hasn't rode in a while, and I have the 23rd, 25th, and Memorial Day. That is the only days I have left. So if people are wanting to ride, they need to let me know ASAP because once those days are filled, unfortunately, I will not be around until September. Um, it will be too hot for the horses. So um, just for those people wanting to trail ride, just let me know before before tomorrow, I feel like, <laughs> because it's, those dates are going to book up as soon as I list them on my page, which I will probably list them um here in the next week or so, so that those are my only days left. So I think I posted two days ago saying I had eight days left and people jumped all over it. So now's the time to ride. It's already getting a little hot and our Florida weather is already becoming bipolar. So we became the storm riders <laughs> as of, because it showed it? up out of nowhere. Welcome to bipolar weather. It's sunny or it's thunderstorms. Yeah. yeah. That's a good term. I'm going yeah. to steal that from you. That's really clever. I like that. Bipolar <laughs> weather. Yep. See the rain or shine. There's yep. no in between. We don't have drizzle. We don't do drizzle here in Florida. Yeah. We do torrential rainfalls or brilliant sunshine. That's your choice. Sometimes within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The sunshine that, that uh, boils you from the inside out when it comes to yep. the humidity. So I'm mm-hmm. so ready. The Colorado trip was absolutely in amazing. I think it was probably by far one of my favorite places of all mm-hmm. the Rockies. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was more of just the wildlife and, and getting to see the elk and the whitetail and the mule deer and the bighorn sheep and the moose. Oh, my gosh. We got to see so many moose. And then part of the hiking trail, I got to see some nice big old bear claws and some snow that we walked right past. And it just, I ate it all up. You know, that's that's where I belong. It's right there with all of that wildlife. So um, for people that have not visited Estes Park in Colorado or Grand Lake Park in Colorado, I encourage it. Um, Grand Lake also has the Continental Divide Trail that goes mm-hmm. right through it as well, and that is a big thing on my bucket list to be able to do is hike some of the Continental Divide. So you will find that throughout Colorado. So what was the inspiration for this trip? Um, it was just a random trip. Me and my friend said we were, she had found out she was pregnant. So the trip out west this summer with the horses was kind of a no-go. And we were at the gym working out and she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, why don't we just find the cheapest plane ticket to anywhere in the United States and let's just Mm -hmm. land on that. We both have 
about going out west, but we had even looked at tickets to Canada. So um, luckily Denver was the cheapest one. We uh, flew out of New Orleans. I think our flight there and back was only $180. And we just took a girl's trip with no plans other than this looks pretty, let's go here. And so that's what we did. <laughs> well, no, it makes it, no, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I go, I went to Europe for three months. I had no idea where I was going the next day, yeah. you know. So and, yeah. and I, I covered, I covered, uh, you know, about twenty countries. Uh, and so I'm a firm believer in just going. In fact, sometimes the less you plan, the better. It's much more fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. As someone who, go ahead. What were you going to say? So that was it. I mean, I, I'm definitely the no planner of the of the friend. So I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm down to explore and and accept the challenge wherever that may be, unless it's mm-hmm. in the middle of a city. Like I, I didn't care for Denver. Um, I didn't really care for New Orleans as far as the traffic and the you know the population goes. I'm definitely more of that person. The less the people, the better for me um, mm-hmm. when I'm going out of town. You know, I want to be able to enjoy the Rockies without being in the line full of other people that's wanting to enjoy it for the next three hours going up the mountain. Um, so we, we actually went at the perfect time because it was off season. So the, right. the con that is the drive through the Rockies, the both ends was not open all the way because there was still too much snow. But the pros to it is we were like the only people on the road. So the wildlife was out more, got to see really what it was like when it's quiet, you know, it's definitely a, a different take on it. No, timing is critical for travel. I mean, when I went to Europe, I went March through uh, June, and so it was it was the perfect time to go because the Europeans don't go ho- get on holiday till the summertime, and then everything's booked up and closed. So as long as you go in the springtime yeah. or the fall, you're all set. makes uh, makes a big difference. Marco's going to go celebrate this weekend. Marco, what are you celebrating? Oh, he's going now. Okay, well, have a great celebration, Marco. Thanks for your help. Uh, he's like. He's really cool because he'll he'll send websites during the show, you know things I'm talking about. He says, "Here, Greg, look this up." Oh, it's great. So I, I say words yeah. here in my computer in in Milton, Florida, and Netherlands sends me back a response. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Cool. Yeah, our technology is amazing. But um, as for um, as for traveling, um, any excuse is a good reason to travel. So I don't need a reason to go. What was the elevation? How how high up were you? And did you did you acclimate? Yeah, I mean, the hiking part, so we hiked to Jim Lake and Bridalville Falls. Those were absolutely beautiful, but it was an intense hike up as far as elevation goes. Um, mm-hmm. For Jim Lake, it was a, we were already at, I think, 8,500 in elevation, and then we had to hike another 1,000 to get to the mm-hmm. lake. And the biggest thing, which I did not know, was the oxygen level is completely different than sea level. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I just done that backpacking trip where I did do 1,125 feet of elevation, but it was here in Alabama. So we were still pretty close to sea level. And then when I got there, I found myself struggling a little bit more as far as just the breathing aspect of it. So I had to take it a little slower, Um, you know, and it was my friend Marissa who was raised out in Washington and has been around the area where there's more elevation to it. And she was like, Oh yeah, you, you have, 20% 20% less oxygen than you do when you're in Florida or Alabama. I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, I wonder Surprise. if you have smokers. Like, because that was that was intense. Um, I think the coolest thing that I got to do when we were out there, though, you know, as we were going up this gym lake, you know, I, I looked 
at Marissa and I was like, man, I wonder how it was making this trail back hundreds of years ago or whenever they decided to make it and like the whole dynamite process and the sketching mm-hmm. the art or the rock formations. And she was like, oh, I don't know. You know, we kind of just threw that conversation to the side, went to Jim Lake. On the way back, we actually met one of the men that helped build that trail 55 years ago. Um, he was 74 years old, still doing the trail, still looked just as young and vibrant. And you could tell the story that he told us, like lit his to be able to share it. And so on that trail, there was a, a rock formation called Paul Bunyan's Foot. And I can send you a picture or I'll send it over to the page. But down below that was an old drill bit and some rebar. And that man was actually the one that put it in. And he said, yeah, we were doing some rebar work. And, uh, you know, those rocks sometimes would just steal your drill bits. And we would just leave our drill bits there, you know. And so to know that that was something that he got to share with me from over 55 years ago, you know, I'll, I'll take that memory with me every time I go up there to visit, you know, and I'll share it to the world because that's, you know, I think we lose that reasoning behind and how lucky we are to have these things because of the people that seen the dream originally. No, it makes so perfect sense. Was, I, I was yeah. just thinking about uh, at some point I want to hit the road maybe for six months or longer. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but I want to go tour the whole country. Yeah. And once the show's big and just broadcast from different cities, I take videos of people or I might, mm-hmm. I might even shut down the show. You know, if Trump's back in office and things are going well, maybe his second year after he fixes stuff, you know, it might be a good time to start mm-hmm. traveling again. Price of fuel will be down. People will be friendly. You know, the gang problems, the National Guard will be in the cities, and uh, the illegal aliens will be on their way out. And we talked about that in the first couple of hours. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it, when the country is, uh, you know, somewhat safer again and somewhat easier to travel around, we don't have stupid restrictions and, you know, masks and, and vaccine stuff. So when you went, when you're thinking of going to Canada, um, did they, did they still have the vaccine uh, requirement, the COVID jab to get into Canada or no, um, or do you know? Far, as far as research, it, we, we stuck to the, the plane, you know, what was the cheapest flight, you know, and I think we were right. looking at, um, a flight to Minnesota, one of the countries bordering Canada and we were going to drive into it. Um, which what I don't, I don't border know. Canada? Any, never, <laughs> the only country on board is Canada, the United States. States. <laughs> well, the, one of the states flying into oh, one of the states, states that border. Oh, that's I think different. It was like yeah, Minnesota. That, yeah. Um, Minnesota, yeah. See, this is the Swedes. Yeah. The Swedes yeah. ended up in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, it's uh, <laughs> don't mind me. Uh, but yeah, if you let me see if I can do a quick geography. So the top would be Washington, Iowa, Wyoming, not Iowa, Idaho. Mm-hmm. So it would be Washington, Idaho, I- Wyoming, North Dakota. Yes. Um, Montana, and then you get over to like the Wisconsin, Michigan, things like that. How am I doing? Those are the border states? Pretty sure. I think so. Oh, yeah. 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 So, right. we're definitely- so let's, I like maps. I, I, I memorize maps. Yeah. All right. So I want to tell you something interesting that uh, the reason I asked you the question about the altitude is because I used to be a flight instructor. And one of the things we talk about ah. with train students is in oxygen. Now, when you were at 8,000 feet, okay, so here's, here's an example of what most people do not know. Airline cabins are pressurized to 8,000 feet. They are not pressurized to sea level. So wow. when, when you slap a mask on somebody 
and increase their carbon dioxide and reduce their oxygen. And they're already at, already at about 15% as opposed to 22% because it's partial pressures. Yeah. So the percent of oxygen is still the same, but because it's less, it would be like an equivalent sea level of about 15% oxygen. Whereas at, uh, it's normally 22% of the air is oxygen at sea level, but it's the equivalent of 15% at sea level when you're at 8,000 feet. So you've lost about, hmm. what would that be, 7% of your oxygen? So you put a mask yeah. on, you lose another couple of percent of your oxygen. You have a drink, you lose more of your oxygen. And if you're a smoker, you lose even more of your oxygen. So anybody who wore a mask, smoked, and drank on a flight probably passed out for lack of oxygen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So but the thing is when you're – yeah, that's why everybody sleeps on an airplane. Why? Because they have lower oxygen. They're all passed out. Yeah. However, however. It's different when you're actually going up a, a mountain, when you're exerting yourself. And this is why you have to be really careful. Uh, you can get uh, altitude sick. So if you're exerting yourself too much, the next day you're going to be miserable. It's like, uh, I don't know, what would be, what's the equivalent? Real sharp pain, because I actually had it. I went to uh, uh, Taos and uh, somewhere else in New Mexico. I was at Santa Fe and Taos, and I hiked way too much. And when dancing that night and had a few drinks. Don't do that. Don't do the alcohol. Anyway, I was miserable the next day. But I was like 23, 24, so, you know, I recovered fast and never did it again. But it's not the hiking, but it's, it's the alcohol that really did me in because I'm in pretty good shape. Um, even then, then, I was in really good shape. Um, but uh, but, that's it. but you have to be really careful of the oxygen. So if you're going up to an area like that, I don't know how you can uh, acclimate ahead of time um, because the airline is only, a temp- is only a short amount of time. And because you're not moving, you're not exercising. But that's why athletes, when they go yeah. to someplace like Mexico City, um, at 7,000 feet. The athletes have to go there like six months ahead of time. Otherwise, they're going to lose. Oh, wow. now, the Mex- the Mexican athletes at 7,000 feet, when they go to sea level, is like blood doping. <laughs> you know, because all, yeah. all, all, all of a sudden they have all this extra oxygen in the system. Now, the question is, for animals, the same thing. So if you took one of your, one of your horses from sea level and all of a yeah. sudden had them try to ride at 8,000 feet, that's going to be a big difference for them because they're not acclimated. Yeah. Same, the same as people. Did anybody ever talk about that or, or did, of like rent, did you rent local horses or do anything like that? Um, we tried, but just like I am, you know, they were starting their season out and they were already booked um, okay. throughout the weekend, something that we booked ahead of time. Um, but we did get to go and see. It was actually three businesses offering horse rides out there in the mm-hmm. Estes area and only one had started the season. So that makes mm. sense that they were pretty much booked. Um, I did not, but it was a, a, t- a step back because that was the first time that I really hiked a whole bunch in that elevation. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to Dakota and Wyoming, we didn't really do a whole bunch of hiking. I mean, we walked up one snowy hill, but it wasn't, I don't, I don't know the elevation. It definitely did not feel the same. Um, and so that helped me because at some point I'd like to take my horses out there and go ride. Mm-hmm. And so it makes wonder do I need to plan an additional week or do I need to plan lower miles each day so that way I don't end up with a horse that um that gets sick from it as well um fly out there a week early ex- yeah fly out a week early do very light rides the first couple of days and then increase yeah. the rides and as their oxygen builds mm-hmm. up as their ability to operate yeah. lower oxygen content yeah yeah so mountains versus flatland so you've been in Florida all your life most of your life how much all my life yeah, okay. all of my life was left. Born so, and raised here in Blackwell. So the mountains must be kind of attractive because you spent your whole life on the flatland. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Yeah, ever since I was a little girl, I've always dreamt of out west and always, you know, mm-hmm. knew at some point in my life way of living would be where I wanted to be. And, I mean, there for a while throughout my early 20s and getting into adulthood, you know, I was going to settle on less. And I knew purchasing the house in the barn that we're at now, you know, wasn't going to be my forever home. But I was like, oh, you know, I I had never got to discover out west until this year in February was when I got to go and explore the Black Hills and uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and then went into Wyoming mm-hmm. all the way through to Sheridan. And, I, you know, just the way of life there was like, this is what I've been missing. Like, this is this is my people, you know. What's different? Um, What's different? What do you notice? I think it's, uh, I mean, just that ranch life. You know, we I'm, I'm down here and sometimes I feel quite alone. You know, we have a lot of English writers. Um, which is a completely different world of riding, you know, whereas I want to get down and dirty. Like, I want to see that cattle ranch process. I want to help wrangle the cattle on the open range. I, you know, and that's things that that opportunity really just does not exist here, um, you know. And, and same thing with the guided trail rides. I mean, yes, it is beautiful that I, I do the guided trail rides here, and I'm not saying that what we have to offer is not beautiful, but it's just a different feel being open and out in the mountains and seeing the view and seeing the wildlife, you know, a lot clearer because you, everywhere you look, you really have full mileage view, whereas you look here and you're, it's pine trees and brush, you know, you can't really yeah. see what's out there next to you. So, so it's just a, I just feel yeah. at home. Okay. So. Well, you you might want to spend some time out west. It sounds like you should get a ranch. <laughs> you know, hopefully we'll all make millions of dollars yeah. at Action Radio, and we can all pursue <laughs> our dreams. I want a jet. You should get a ranch. You know, and I would do yeah. that. Anybody associated with the show, you know, where we where I go, we all go. <laughs> you know, it's like that saying yeah. of I forget what that comes from, but yeah. So uh, yeah, anybody that as well, those folks that want to join right. us after we're you know world famous and you know filthy rich and all that kind of stuff, it's gonna be too late. You're not here now. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to bother with you. It's, it's the people that are here now that we're going to share in, in whatever yeah. uh, uh, profits have. And, and the thing is we get to do really good work. And somehow there's always this feeling that because you do good work, you shouldn't make a profit and shouldn't uh, be able to live your dreams and have fun. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I believe because yeah. we're doing good work, we, we should be even more entitled <laughs> you know, to, uh, to spend yeah. our profits and go have fun and take adventures and stuff. Yeah, so I do plan yeah. to hit the road. Maybe I'll buy like an old VW bus, which would be fun. I'll paint it in hippie colors yeah. and uh, – you know, I'll be a 70-year-old hippie traveling around the country, <clears throat> which would be fun. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, I so love that goal. I mean, I... Yeah, or do a jet trip. Friend, you know. Yeah. My hippie friend, Malachi, maybe one day I can get him on the show, but um, I went sure. to the vet with him, but he did that through college. He had two kids, and they literally turned a bus into a little home, and mm-hmm. he just kind of homesteaded it, and then finally he said, I would have continued living in my hippie bus, but my... My, you know, got pregnant again, and we decided three kids and a hippie bus. <laughs> I think it's a little crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much, yeah, know? and it's interesting. I uh, totally uh, see him living in a hippie bus. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell, I'll tell you, just a contrasting report, uh, Dorothy Diana, who does our, our sex and sensuality report, we're always contrasting men and women with everything. And guys are more prone to freedom. And I think uh, women, if I tell a guy, you know, tell like dude friends of mine, yeah, I'm going to buy a jet and fly around the world. And, oh, that's great, man. You know, I said, in fact, I'd rather have a jet than a house. Oh, okay, that's cool. But did I tell my women friends? Yeah. Well, you know, Greg, you need security. You need ownership. You need to plant roots, and you need to uh, be responsible. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know you're my <laughs> friend, but you're wrong. <laughs> okay. But, it, but it's interesting, the perception. Um, do you see that at all in yeah. friends of yours? You know, who, what do you, what do you uh, see? Yeah, I, 
and you know I've always kind of been the wild child and that's that's where I want to be you know I I I yes it would be great to have a ranch out west but I don't think it would ever stop me from being the traveler or the wanderer I think some of us are born travelers and mm-hmm. that's just the crossing of it eventually I'd like to say yes I have my 100 acre ranch you know with my cattle operation and all this other fun stuff but I'm you know, we only get one one chance to live this life, and yeah, no I mean, I am ambitious, and I don't like being stagnant. And there's so many things in the world that I want to see that I feel like we, as a society, you know, are what we're taught in school and what we're taught in the family relations is. Oh, by the time you're 25, you should have this. You should be married. You should have kids. You should, you know. And yeah, you got to take the word "should" out of your life. If <laughs> you take the word "should" yeah, out, I'm it's like, amazing oh, what opportunities so open up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing with the yeah. whole marriage thing. I kind of did that all backwards, and I'm like, no, like I don't think I think it should be preference on on your own personality, mm-hmm. you know, and what you want to yeah. achieve in life. I don't think, oh my gosh, you have to establish this because at the end of the day, it can all disappear tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You, know? you can get injured, you get crippled. I mean, you can get a COVID jab. I mean, there's horrible things that happen to people. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so why, uh, yeah. Why work our life way towards towards just that foundation when there's so many creativity aspects mm-hmm. of our world that we, we shun out mm-hmm. for fear. Well, it, you know? it gets worse, too, because people spend their whole life, like my friends, are working towards retirement. Uh, what are you going to do when you're retired? Nothing. And that's exciting to you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, me? Yeah. I'm going to start a new career. I'm going to change the world, literally. You know? And yeah. so that, to me, is much more exciting than sitting around doing nothing because people who mm-hmm. retire generally die within a year. Because they're bored. Right. Because they worked yeah. their whole well, life to think, be able to do nothing and it killed them. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it with the horses, too, you know, people, when we become stagnant or we allow the horses or the animals to be stagnant, you do see them decline. Um, because that, hmm. that's not what we're designed to, like to, to sit on, in the house and do nothing like that. And that takes the purpose out of life. So. Mm-hmm. I met a man once in a, in a um, uh, like a hotel bar. I was just uh, I forgot what I, what I had some kind of business. I haven't even been working there, and he was just there having a drink. And he says, "I'm a l'homme de leisure. I'm a man of leisure." I said, "Really? What do you do? Nothing. I don't have to do anything." He was like filthy rich. He's just a man of leisure. And I thought well, that's really sad. You know, as much as I detest yeah. having to work, you know, I, I'd like to be able to do for myself, and I wouldn't want to have nothing to do. Um, so, right. so part of the motivation is that we do have only so many years of life. Um, and mm-hmm. so part of the motivation is that we do have to work. We do have to create things. So with me, you know, I'm 63 now. And so there's a limited amount of time uh, that I have to do this. So I'm already looking for who's going to replace me. I'm already looking for mm-hmm. who's going to take over Action Radio. What, what group of people, what individuals, how much can I build up in the next 30 years before I'm chasing babes on a cruise ship and traveling around the world and parting mm-hmm. my brains out? Um, can I, how much can I create before I decide to, you know, pack it all in and go, eh, I got five years, maybe let's go have some fun, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, and then, you know, but I, I'm already thinking about that because I'm in my sixties, but you don't see me slowing yeah. down any, you know, but I know friends of mine that they're retired and they say, well, that's nice. What do you do? Nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, if you do nothing, you are nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, I don't mean that. Well, not literally. That's probably not a fair thing to say. But it really, it makes a big difference in attitude. And traveling especially. Yeah. Is, is, do you ever have people that, uh, uh, I remember I met a woman in Europe when I was traveling around. And this was in Austria. She was, she was American from like Kansas somewhere. And the biggest problem she had was when she said, she, oh, she was actually studying in Austria. She was like an art 
major. And what better place than Austria? Than, it was Vienna, actually. Than Vienna, Austria for artists. And she said to me, she said, the problem was, you know, my friends. I said, well, how did your friends think about you taking off for six months? I said, well, you know what? They said, aren't you good enough for us anymore? Or aren't we good enough for you? And it's like, that's not the question. Why wouldn't you be happy for your friend that gets to spend a semester yeah. studying art in Vienna? But they weren't. They were upset right. because they thought that she was too good for them. That they weren't good enough for her anymore. But that was not a judgment that anybody can make or should make. Why would people feel that right. way? But yet it happens. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. I mean, luckily I have a group of people that, that know, you know, my heart belongs somewhere else. And they're like, we're going to miss you, you know. We're not going to enjoy the day that you actually leave, but, like, they're all mm-hmm. happy. You know, they're all, which I have quite a few adventurous friends and a lot of friends that kind of already expressed that they wanted to move, too. And we're all like, okay, how can we make this commune work? Like, can we all buy in 50 acres of the same lots and just have our sure. whole community of, of people right there, you know? So, um, you know, but it takes that one friend to have that courage to take that step out of the comfort zone. You know, because I think we all get into that comfortable habit, and but then you know one what? of us has to has to open the door, and one of us has to step out. So, you know what, Candace? Risk, travel, adventure is my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Boredom, security, uh, schedules, routines, plans, woulda, coulda, shouldas. That's that's not my comfort zone. I am not comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Probably, probably didn't do well in marriage. Um, tried it once, don't recommend it. But anyway, <laughs> you know, um, just because. And the question is, can you, and this is something people really need to think about with marriage, because there's a big woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, I, I love having my daughter, I love being a dad. Marriage, not so much. Um, but the point is that you've got to think about it, because it is a huge change in your life. And if you're as much of a free spirit... Yeah. You know, as, as, as you and I are, I mean, completely. I mean, I would pack up and just travel the country. I just, in fact, I probably would yeah. shut down the show. I wouldn't try and do it on the computer because I have all this research and other stuff. I just talk to people. I do endless videos. Of course, yeah. I'd be hugely successful at this point, right? So let's say two, three, five years, however, whenever I decide to do this. But the show will be so big that when my videos go out, I'll have millions of views. And I'll just, be, I'll just be sitting in cafes and, you know, maybe I'll take a person, maybe a couple of people. I have no idea. But I, it's going to take a while to figure this out. Or maybe like you go one way, I'll go the other way. We'll meet in the middle after a few months. That would yeah. be hysterical. You know, you do yeah. your videos, I do my videos, and, and, and see where we end up. Anyway, Marco's leaving, or I think he's already gone. Uh, we're just about to, the official time is over, but I want to spend a couple more minutes talking about this. Because this is the kind of thing yeah. that nobody does. But I've traveled for three months on my own. It's not a big deal. It's fun. You know, I never, oh, you, yeah. I never knew where I was going. I, I planned out, well, I had something really good. I, don't, I think they still have it. I'm not sure. There's something, uh, the Harvard students, because, you know, they're all rich kids, right? So they get to travel in the mm-hmm. summertime. So they wrote a whole series of books called Let's Go. And if you ever get mm-hmm. the Let's Go series, you can take a look at it. I'm sure it's all over the United States. I know it's all over Europe because I was in Boston, so the, the, and Harvard's there. So they all travel to Europe for the summertime. And so Let's Go is like student travel. And these are, these are just students. It's like a giant Yelp for students. And so, yeah. and you still, you still, you're still in that age range. You still be good enough to do this. Uh, I think Europe. I think you've just aged out the, uh, um, the the bargain train rates. I think you'd have to go first. I think after I think it's like 26 or 28. I forgot where you have to go full class, first class, which is more expensive. But when you're you know you're okay. about 20s and a, and a bum, so you get, this is the other thing you have to watch out for because you're going to start to cross boundaries, where all of a sudden you're not a student, you're not uh, a young person, you're you're not this, you're not that. Uh, after 37, yeah. you can't be a government agent. You know, there's like all these little boundaries along the way. Uh, and so this is part of the reason I'm in radio, uh, that I picked this for a career, because there's no age limit. 
There's no mandatory retirement. Yeah. And there's no yeah. particular education qualifications to get into it. Right. You know, as I say, I'm uniquely unqualified for everything I do here. <laughs> I don't have a degree in any of this. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but you'd be the perfect person to travel. Um, in fact, just, just for the fun of it, look up uh, VW bus Hippie, look at VW hippie buses and take a look at the colors and the ways that people have painted them. It's unbelievable. They're really cool. Oh, yeah. But I'd have, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have the Action Radio Express. You know, I'd, I'd paint my you know, van with all these ridiculous colors. Probably do a lot of videos from the road, which is why I'd need someone, right. uh, at least uh, you know, someone else to go travel with on this crazy journey. Um, but it would be YouTubes everywhere. I'd just talk to regular people. It'd be like a, a, a massive historical documentary of just regular folks that I bump into you know, anywhere. Um, and of course, I'd be recognized by that point. So I'd have to uh, go like little podunk towns where nobody knew where I was <laughs> or who I was. They, uh, yeah, come on down. Sit down here. I want to talk to you for a bit. No. Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah you, you city slicker, you want to tell me uh, where you, what you're doing in our town here? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so um, yeah. it'd be great just to meet folks. Well, I do, I do accents for fun. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I can walk in and, you know, it's like, are you that Pengless guy? No, I outboard from Russia. I just come here. I look like this guy. I don't know what is going on, but I'd like to talk to you about the, 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 your town here. You know, so I just pull fake accents. Who knows <laughs> Anyway, but the point is that yeah. traveling is life. Traveling is life. If you're not oh, traveling, yeah. you're not living. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the seat that I live by. You know, I think I sent somebody a quote the other day. I said, even though I might be living in a storm, through that storm, I'm going to ride. And that's literally what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. So, With I mean, our bipolar that's, weather that's, here. I, mm-hmm. A good quote, quote for life because there is times that we live in hardship and, you know, we can either sink to the bottom with it and let the lightning strike or we can ride through it, you know, mm-hmm. one or the other. So that's, and that's just who I am. I'm going to accept that challenge and I'm going to ride through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think if you know if you think of travel as your comfort zone, as opposed to getting out of your comfort zone. So here's here's mm-hmm. like a little uh, a little mental thing to work on for you. So if it's as natural for you to travel as it is to stay here, you know you're there. Mm-hmm. If when you, you don't think of travel as as something other than just a normal natural part of your life. So to me, moving is a natural part. I don't do it often, but I go big. You know, I went from yeah. I started in Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. My parents moved me to Melbourne, Australia, and then to New England. My moves, you right. know, when I got out of college, I didn't like Boston. Uh, I, I didn't agree with it. I didn't like winters. And I wasn't uh, Irish or Italian. And that's, that's, that's a huge strike right there in Boston. So I drove to San Francisco. Mm. You know, lived there for 30 years. Yeah. I collapsed. You know, I raised a kid. I probably would have left earlier if I didn't have a daughter. But I had a daughter to raise. And so, uh, and I loved being a dad. It was great fun. Uh, and so when she went her way, I went mine. And I ended up here. I got a job finally in Milton, Florida at WEBY. And that's what brought me out here. My first yeah. full-time radio job, never been here, didn't meet the boss ever. He hired me sight unseen. I used to call on the show, pretend to be a local. It's really funny. <laughs> and this is after yeah. open heart surgery, you know, two months previously, right? So I come out here four months after open heart surgery, never been here, didn't know anybody here, didn't, I had no idea how to do a morning show. It was all improvised. But that was my comfort zone. My comfort zone is yeah. not having a clue what's going on and just kind of figuring it out. So that's yeah. why this show works. And if you have yeah. that same mindset, we, 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 if travel is as natural to you as waking up at home, you're there. Yeah. 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 So make your comfort well, zone I, adventure. That's your comfort zone. Yep. I, I like 
I like that. And that, that is me. I mean, which a lot of times, you know, the traveling is more of my comfort zone than at home because like I said, at home, I kind of feel stuck and I feel bored and I feel stagnant other than my adventurous routes out going into the black water and cold water and being in the woods and, and doing that. And there is more potential here. You know, I still want to get with Scott, um, who was on the show. What was his, uh, I need to get with you because I, I can't even remember the business name um, that he does the survival and the self-defense. Oh, Yingling. Scott Yingling. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So And he's in Pensacola. So Scott, you owe us a free plug. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I want to get with him. And there's – yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we, can, we can make Florida – here a little you know for the time being why I'm here you know I want to go as far as I can with it you know I want to get people more adventurous out here and I'd love to do some women retreats I had a a traveling yoga instructor who was um, on the ride yesterday and we admitted that we were like soul sisters and she's Mm -hmm. traveled all her life for 17 years she says I just get in my vehicle every weekend and I go somewhere unknown and that's just my life um, you know, and she doesn't really want to settle down, but we talked about out west, and she's like, oh, I'd love to take some weekends out there and just do the yoga retreat. And I'm like, well, when I have my horses out there and I'm out west, like, let's do it, you know. So yeah, it's one sense. of those things, like, you get to travel, you get to meet so many new people, you know. It's it's such a – we have a bond with so many people that we don't know of because here in our society, I don't know if it's like everywhere – you know, half the time people don't open the doors. They don't even look up to smile at you. And I'm guilty of it too here mm-hmm. because I'm that's so used to people doing the thing, yeah, that's you know. Yeah. That's big city so people. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I want well, to meet those adventurous people like the 74 year old man that decided to take that time to tell me about, you know, his adventure on that same mountain. I'll never look at Jim like the same now that I have that in the back oh, of my wow. head. You know, I'll change it a little bit more. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're already there. Actually, you just haven't phrased it that way. That you, you're you already have the you know the heart of an adventurer. Uh, so that is your comfort mm-hmm. zone. But but you don't you're not used to expressing it because nobody is. Everybody talks about you know uh, like you said stepping out of your comfort zone. But you already have your comfort zone is stepping out. It's it's a stepping mm-hmm. back in that's that, that's not comfortable. Uh, and that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Now, this is, this is a great area, area for me to stick around because it's got an airport nearby. I can keep my jet here. I like it here. It's not too crowded yet. <laughs> you know, uh, I got the beach. I got yeah. all kinds of cool stuff. So for me, this is a good base of operations for a while. Um, I don't like make, making big moves. <clears throat> it's kind of tough, but I love traveling. And so as we've talked yeah. about here before, uh, I intend to, uh, as soon as we can here, we get a travel budget, uh, start, you know, Action Radio hitting the road. And we've got uh, my tour guide friend, Alan Dawson in Belize. He's already said mm-hmm. that he'll be able to help us out with a week-long trip down there. We'll broadcast from Belize for a week. Uh, I want to go to England. I want to go see Magna Carta. I want to go, to, you know, talk to the folks in Oxford, Oxford about the original British, you know, philosophers and those that believe in our rights. Um, so obviously you're coming. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be able to keep you back yeah. from that trip. And so uh, we just need no. to get our, our group together and do cruises. There's all these different things I plan. Um, to do as soon as we got the biggest problem is and I'd be doing it now except we've got this horrendous censorship we're under it is so bad mm-hmm. that uh, reporters yeah. you know if, if I I'm, I'm, I've stopped posting on Facebook uh, unless I do a meme myself there's no point it they've even taken right. my picture out you know when I, I used to have the big picture of the thinker statue in all my things they've removed that yeah not only what? have they removed it now they've removed it back my entire action radio with Greg Pangless Facebook page every 
photograph of the thinker back five years has been removed. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I'll keep that in they're mind. Trying, posting they're trying to erase me. Facebook. Yeah. So you got to post yeah. your own uh, things for the show because you're not censored like okay. I am. If, if you, that's why I'm not posting anymore. I'll just do the meme. Yeah. Email, well, here, that's here's, why I was looking for. Uh-huh. I was like, well, where is it where he shares it? So that's why I was like, oh, no, I've lost it all. And then I, my phone, while I was on the trip, I couldn't take any more pictures. And I thought it was because of the 7,000 photos I had. And when I looked mm-hmm. at my phone storage, it was actually because I like to accumulate text messages throughout <laughs> throughout the year. <laughs> so I had to delete 9,000 messages. And I guess through that, I deleted ours. And so I got on our text messages. So I was like, oh, no, it's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> well, everything's on the broadcast page. If you ever need to find any, any information about the show, all the contact information, my email, uh, it's all on the broadcast page. So if you, as long as you remember, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action, you can find everything. Okay. <laughs> yep. So give yourself a shameless plug. Let's get out of here, and uh, we'll talk next week. Yep. Sounds good. Well, shameless plug. You know, uh, tell me oh, about Believe yeah. the Journey. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you've been away too long, yeah. Candace. You forgot. And then we need a really good oh, sign-off. Yeah. Like, this is, this is Cowgirl Candace <laughs> for Action Radio with Believe the Journey. Her service is available at, yes. you know, I'll just feed you the lines. I'll be, I'll be your teleprompter. Can... Right. Yes, there you go. All right, great. Well, we can thank what? you so oh. much. Oops, sorry. Uh, Your turn. Um, I'll just be quiet. Can... Don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, again, if you want to get with me on rides, um, this is Cowgirl Candace with Believe the Journey um, Horse Services. I have one more, less than 30 days left of riding until September, but um, new adventures to come for the summertime. I'm going to really, really push hard on my YouTube channel, um, really get some subscribers in for some detailed training courses. And um, I think I'll start with, like, life of, the, life of the Farm here. Everybody tells me that I need my own channel. So here it is. I have girls that are recording me, even though I don't know that they're recording me. And it works out great because then I'm like, oh, this is great content. So um, you will be able to see some content and follow through with me through the summertime. So be sure to like my Facebook page, Believe the Journey. Um, once I get my YouTube up, it's going to be the same thing, Believe the Journey Horse Services. Um, I did just get Believe the Journey trademarked, so my next fun ambition through the um, – it's not really horse-related, but I'd like to start a merchandise store and sell Believe the Journey stuff, but also have more quotes and meanings about traveling and things of that nature. And I definitely will have some dog bandanas and maybe even some dog harnesses and collars um, for my little four-legged friends since Traveler, my dog, Duration. So I'll have all that good fun stuff. So y'all be sure to follow me on Believe the Journey Horse Services on Facebook or through my website or look for me in the upcoming months on YouTube. That's what I call a sign-up. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Big things yeah. coming. Well, yeah, this do way it. I don't have to worry about, about uh, you talking and, and giving short answers because you don't. It's great. You like to expand on mm-hmm. stuff and actually talk about things, so it's perfect. All right, Candace, I'll talk to you next week. I got a weekend coming up. I have now, now my work, my real work starts. Okay, the fun work is over. Doing the show is the fun part. Fun work is over. Now the work All starts. All right. <laughs> okay, take yeah, care. Well, I'll see you later. Stop digging. So uh, pray there won't be storm riders all weekend because it looks like the weather is going to be back and forth. So hopefully, oh. uh, hopefully. Well, let's do a quick let's do a quick weather report. Hang on, I got my I got my phone. We can do a quick weather report. <laughs> 
So Milton is going to be a high of, it looks like, uh, 80-something today. Rain's going to start pretty much five minutes after I get off the air. Uh, no, it's like it starts at 11 <laughs> o'clock and goes all the way through. So this is a gym day, not a bike riding day. Um, tomorrow we're looking at yeah. sunshine, actually, sunshine, 69 to, to 88 oh. degrees. Today is 66 to 86, but rain all day. So tomorrow looks perfect. Sunny is Sunday and too hot. It's going to be 68, 69 to 90 degrees. Well, that's only two degrees warmer than, than Saturday. Monday is going to start raining again, but who cares because it's Monday. Uh, 30s rain again, yeah. same problem. Wednesday, it's going to be a lot more rain, but at least it's hump day. So we're heading towards the weekend. At Thursday, it's going to be raining again, too. Friday's raining, Saturday's raining, and we won't see sun again uh, from Sunday to Sunday. So we're going to have a week of rain from Sunday to Sunday. Think about the arc. There we go. All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Goodbye, Candace. Bye-bye. Okay, that's good. All right. See you later. All right. So the only thing left are the websites, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Our latest set of website, writeyourlaws.com. Uh, and that's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. And our, our contributions, givesendgo.com and paypal.com slash paypalme slash action radio. Uh, and my new Substack, gregpengliss.substack.com. And that's pretty much it. I will see you all Monday morning, 7 a.m. And we'll do it all again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.